Mario. And hello there, one and all, and welcome to The Feminine Critique. I'm one of your hostesses, Emily. With me is the other hostess. Oh, Christine. <laughs> yeah, that was you. We need to work on our cues. But I don't know. Yeah. I thought you I thought you were going to say my name. You were doing no. such a nice job. Yeah, we should also work on an intro and a, a thingy. What do you call the thingies? Um, the thingies. Promo things. And I think we should, the intro should just be like, ba da ba ba da ba and then we start talking. Should we do that every time? Do you want to start over? Let, let's let's use this as a test cake. Ready? In okay. three, two, one. Ba-da-ba. Ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba. Hey. <laughs> that was really uncoordinated. Yeah, I know. No, we're working on it. We're working. Growing cool. pains, everybody. Growing pains. We're episode we'll 14. We'll work like towards that. it. Something like that. We're not even 20 Who can, yet. We're not who can even say yet, okay? We can't even buy cigarettes right now as a podcast. So think about that for a moment. In most states, we can't drive. Yeah, just be happy we haven't burned down the house yet. <laughs> well, give it time. Give it time. <laughs> All right, on today's episode, we are yeah. going to cover two movies that have a, a key theme that kind of ties them together, would you say? I guess so. Yeah, I mean, video games are very present in both. Right? Yeah, sure. All right, well, 1989's The Wizard will yep. be up first. And then we will follow that with a discussion of the controversial, divisive... Um, <laughs> To some, to yeah, the, the controversial to us. <laughs> I don't think circle. I think is the best way to to put it, because a okay. lot of people love Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, some people just didn't a lot. I feel like people loved it. They didn't see it, or they were turned off by certain things that turned me off in it. But we'll see if that changes on a second viewing. We don't know. We don't know. We're gonna find out in some time. So Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and The Wizard are what we're discussing today. Yeah. Now, before we get there, we'd like to talk about other things going on in mm-hmm. the world of movies and stuff. Christine, yeah. do you have anything to talk about in the world of movies and stuff? Uh, is this, like, supposed to be a, a segue into something I know I'm supposed to be talking about? No, I was going to ask you what you've been watching. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't. I like to find different ways of saying things. Oh, all right. I, clearly, I didn't pick up on that. I only watched three things, which is like I know I'm an embarrassment, but I just wanted to say, you know what was super relevant on our last Macbeth episode? What was super relevant on our last Macbeth the, episode? The fact that they're making a new Macbeth with Michael Fassbender, and I didn't even right. bring it up. We didn't know that. I did. I feel like I had seen somebody mention something of it, and motherfucker really about it. Is it him and Natalie Portman? Am I making that up? Oh yeah, it is. I don't. Well, you don't like Natalie Portman? I, no, I am. Do you not like Natalie Portman? Let me explain two reasons why I am not as charmed by by Natalie Portman as many people in the world. Mm -hmm. One, she's a Long Island girl. Um, Yay, power to Long Island. 
but I've known people who I knew one person who like went to summer camp with her and said she was kind of a stuck up bitch. Oh, well, well, a lot changes. I was really a stuck up bitch when I was. I know, and plus now she's re- really successful, so of course you're going to say awful things about her. But now the other reason I've always kind of been like a little horror on Natalie Portman is a little thing called um, episodes one to three. Oh uh, well, that's not her fault. She didn't make. She didn't write them. I was going to say she didn't make them, but in a way, she kind of. Did. Here's the thing. Yes, it's not. I mean, I think it's very easy to look at those movies and put most of the blame on George Lucas because you can say what's his name, Ian um, McDarmond. I don't know how to say his name. The guy who plays Emperor Palpatine is wonderful in all of them, despite the fact that he's dealing with as clunky a dialogue as anybody else. So there is something to well, if you're a really good actor, you can fight your way through it. But I understand, like. When you're doing those kinds of films, a lot of those actors have said it's it's less acting than it is hitting your mark time and time again and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, I kind of feel like she's some... I don't know. It becomes this weird thing where I feel like she just gets a free pass for those movies mm-hmm. where people just want to tear Hayden Christensen several new assholes. And I think... I mean, he's awful in them, too, but I think she... But he's awful in other stuff. Yeah, but he's been okay in other stuff. What has he been okay in? I don't know. I've never seen anything else he's been in. It's, no, that's the thing. I think the people are so quick to vilify him. Mm-hmm. I mean, amongst other reasons, but right. probably because he is bad in other stuff, whereas she tends to be, in my opinion, at least good in other stuff. Generally, yeah. yeah. I like her. I've never... I... 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 I I have a very complicated relationship with her, and I don't know if it's just this weird, like, oh, she's so perfect, like, girly, like, that kind of anti-girl thing you have when there's somebody who's just too good. Wait, do you not like Garden State? You know, it's funny. Garden State came up in a conversation when we were talking about the whole, because I was on Night Living Podcast uh, last week. Plug for that. Plug that, man. What the fuck? Plug, plug, plug. We talked about the great, I think, um, horror slasher called Drive Thru, which have you seen? No. You kind of would love it, I think. Or you'd hate really? it. Really? Everybody would is love it, it or hate is it. Is it on instant? It, no, it used to be, but it's yeah. not anymore. Bummer. Um, it, but it's, it's just like a ridiculous, like kind of slasher comedy with two actors from Gossip Girl and Jan from The Office. Ooh. Obviously means I'm going to love it. But anyway. Um, but that came up as the whole kind of anti Zach Braff thing in Garden State and all that. With the oh, because of him asking yeah, him asking people to give him money. Right. Well, here's the thing. I originally thought he was asking people for Garden State 2. That's not the case, apparently. He mm-hmm. was asking people to give him money to make his new movie, and that bothers me. Yeah. I was okay with it being Garden State 2, because it's like, okay, well, there's a fan base for it. If you want a sequel to a movie, then sure, give money to it. I have to ask you a question. Okay. Please go ahead, but don't let no, me forget to ask Yeah, you no, this. the fact that it's just him like, I want to make another movie, and studios aren't giving me money, so fans, give me money. That does bother me. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as Garden State goes, no, I saw. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. And when I saw it in the theater, I liked it, I cried, I laughed. I, I did all those things that you do when you watch a movie. Um, <laughs> so it was fine. I thought, I think in since then, I've become very immune and agitated by the Manic Pixie Dream Girl movies, just because I'm tired yep. of them, and they annoy me in a lot of ways that being said it's not necessarily that movie's fault that it just kind of represents all of those things so i'm i'm not a garden state hater Hmm. i just didn't like it i don't hate it i just didn't enjoy it but my question to you was as far as kickstarter campaigns go how do you feel about the veronica mars one well i think that to me is i know i didn't watch veronica mars even though everybody you would love it everybody says and i'm going to borrow jason has already offered to lend me a season and when so the good. time has come, I will, I will borrow it. Um, I have no problem with that because 
there is a there is a huge contingent of people who loved that show and didn't want it to end and want resolution or just want more of it who are willing to say yes I'm giving you money and I want to see it and from what I understand you actually you the their Kickstarter levels got you a lot like because I know oh my gosh yes yeah. absolutely I I am a donator yeah I'm like I'm a backer a, I know for I think Erica said she was in like the thirty five dollar group and you get like you get the movie you get a DVD of the movie mm-hmm. T-shirt like I yep. think that is absolutely I have I think that's wonderful I think. Hey, if Mystery Science Theater 3000 was like, we're going to do a reunion, I would probably donate 10 bucks to it. And and not for nothing, but like Rob Thomas, the creator, not the guy from Matchbox 20, he he's had like, I've liked everything he's done, like Party Down, I really liked, like, um, but he's not like a guy that can walk into a studio and be like, right. give me all the money to make everything. And he's probably not getting residuals the way I imagine somebody who was on a sitcom that ran for like eight years and is always in syndication is probably getting some good money. Scrubs. That's exactly what I said. I've yeah. said that motherfucker's got scrubs money. And I mean, people can say like, oh, you don't know how much money somebody actually has. True. I'm sure taxes are weird. If he was rich. just in Oz the Great and Powerful, though. Yeah. And I would assume he got paid for that, right? I would hope so. Probably a lot more than I get paid in a year to, like, do a voice in a movie. So it is, it's, to me, there is a very distinct difference between somebody asking for money to fund a project that he or she knows people already care about, Mm -hmm. and because otherwise it really won't get made, whereas it's somebody who's sitting on a fair amount of cash who's like, I just want to write and direct another Manic Pixie Dream Girl movie, and I need some, you know, it'd be great if I didn't have to take the $2 million out of my bank account for it. Which is kind of the way I feel what it is with Zach Braff. We're on the, no, we're on the exact same page, though. Maybe to, like, an orphanage somewhere. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. But the, you know, but yes, I am on the side of it's great if it's for something that um, can't be made otherwise, and there is a huge amount of support for it. It's kind of sleazy and I think is going to eventually hurt Kickstarter if it's just somebody who wants to do a vanity project. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I was just curious since it came up. Yeah, I, I'm glad we had this discussion because I feel like it's a lot of people are as soon as they hear somebody complain about the Zach Braff thing, they're like, oh, it's just because you hated Garden State. And it's not like I like Garden State. I just, you know, I have no problem with Zach Braff. I just like like you said, I think there's a right way and a wrong way. And I think his is kind of the wrong way. Yeah. And I don't want him. I mean, he can do whatever. But like you said, it might really change the dynamic of Kickstarter. Yeah. I, I, mean, yeah. I think it's slowly starting to change as, as it is, as it does get bigger. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, I have more and more friends who are on Kickstarter and asking for money. And it's it has gotten to a point where it's like, oh, but I feel like two years ago I gave everybody money. And now I people are still asking for money. Like, yeah, it it does. It is getting to that point of a little bit of alienation not and i'm saying this but like if any of my friends out there have great projects that they can't get funded otherwise of course i would donate on kickstarter but the more people go there yeah the less effective it's gonna be yep so what are these three magical things you watched the the fun thing is they're not magical (laughs) um i watched uh jack reacher Okay, but it's the Tom Cruise one, right? Yeah, I hated it. I hated it. Like, like I hate things that were worth hating. I don't know. I, I said I hated it, and then Twitter was like, no, it was great. I didn't like it. I, I thought it was, like, misogynistic and, like, mean. 
but like in a weird way. I don't know. I would love you to watch it and talk about it, but no, I no, I got that disc in the mail. Okay, Um, (laughs) I've been down that road. And then I watched the man with the iron fists. Is that the (laughs) clearly produced one? Clearly, there's something wrong with my Netflix queue right now. Um, yeah, that's the okay. Quentin Tarantino produced one um, with uh, with RZA, and an ex- Dylan would say bloated. I would say extremely sexy Russell Crowe. <laughs> See, it's sad. I okay. Did I tell you how I found my high school yearbook a few months ago? And in the back, there was a section where everybody, like, you were supposed to write down your favorite actor and your favorite this and your favorite that. Yeah, uh-huh. my favorite actor in 1999 or 2000 was Russell Crowe. That's fine. I think it's fine at the time. Um, but a- after Les Mis, it's going to be really hard for me to ever really enjoy him again, I think. Oh, I don't know what happened with Les Mis. I'll never he's see so it. so bad at it. Really? He's just, like, it's uncomfortable to watch him because he's so out of his element. And he wears, like, there is a scene about an hour into the movie where he is not really singing. Where he's just playing like a like an undercover kind of he's a you know a policeman but he's playing an undercover revolutionary, and it's him kind of talking through it and all of a sudden well, I'm like oh that's right Russell Crowe was kind of like I buy him right now like I, and it's back to me thinking he's kind of sexy like and then the next scene he has to sing again I'm like oh god fuck like because he just was so uncomfortable singing songs that are out of his range yeah and because he's in a movie with most other actors who can sing, mm-hmm. it just draws so much attention to the fact that he doesn't belong there that it oh, really that's a shame. the movie for me. Aww. Well, watch Man with the Iron Fist, especially if you like him bloated. Yeah, which, I, which I do. I apparently like my Russell Crowe with a little extra um, water weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, that movie was not as bad as people said it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, thought, it. I thought it was enjoyable it wasn't great it, but it wasn't like this is so bad mm-hmm. I, I mean it was entertaining I, I was fine with it um so yeah whatever um <laughs> i'm so enthusiastic whatever. and then if you like it whatever i know and then i watched a documentary on instant watch called that guy who was in that thing oh somebody was talking about this on another podcast about the character actors yes yeah on Gentleman's Guide or was it on I'm, I'm like old? I'm like two episodes behind oh, Gentleman's oh, Guide. I know I know who was talking about it and we'll get to them at the end of this episode. Okay, never mind then. No, but what did you think of, of the movie? I liked it because I like character actors. I liked probably the same shtick that got a lot of people into it was like being like, oh yeah, that is that, that guy. guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it really it really was that. But I feel like it there wasn't any consistency in, with the way it was shot. It, like the way it was filmed, and um, sometimes it did seem to go on a little bit too long. Okay. I would say if you're not like a, a huge film fan, there'd probably be nothing there for you. But sense. as somebody that would recognize all these people, it is worth watching. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah I it, check it out. Yeah, I mean it's 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 shorter too. It's I think it's like eighty eight minutes or something. I like short. Yeah, that's it's why I watch well it. Under five two. That that is the reason. Yeah, I haven't watched anything. I've been reading a lot. That's good. Um, and reading is good. I finished um, Mockingjay. Oh, okay. That's wait. That's the last one, right? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I spent like a good portion of of the last like quarter of that crying. 
Oh, it does get, yeah, well, something really sad. We're talking about, for those who don't know, it's the Hunger Games books. Oh, yeah, Hunger Games books. Somebody's like, what the fuck is Mocking Jay? Um, yeah, so something really sad happens. Like what? <laughs> Can you give me a hint? Oh, wait, did you finish? You finished the book. Yeah, 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 I don't know. No, 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 I'm saying, like, one character that you don't really expect to die dies. Who? Um... A character who's... Uh, is, it, is it the tribute from 4? Spoiler alert. No. It's not a tribute. But, okay, everybody... Oh, oh my god, no! Okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Spoiler it. Spoiler alert, the Hunger Games here. I think I just blocked it out. No. Yeah, so that's really I don't... sad. And the ending, oh. I actually... Now that I think about it, and I remember, I cried the epilogue. Mm. I cried in. The epilogue oh my god, me too. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm a big fan, and I guess this is a spoiler, guys. If you really don't want the Hunger Games spoiled for you, don't listen to this. Give us like five. But um, when when um, Finnick. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, I cried at that because afterwards, when they talk about the sun. Yes. Oh. It's really sad. Because I really like the Annie character. Yeah, like me too. I liked Annie. I liked their dynamic. Yeah. I liked how um, Katniss is first. Like, um, what's the thing? What her first, all her preconceived notions of Finnick were basically to protect Annie. Right. I thought that was really, really neat and really good. And, and really so well done too. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. So I really liked that. <laughs> yeah. And what I love about the books and like, I, again, I always feel like I have to say it was such a concession of like, guys, look, I know they're YA novels, but they're actually really good. I love that for anybody who wants to complain about like, oh, it's not Battle Royale. It's not like really tough. Look, these books, it ends in a way that the books could have ended, let's just say, with, you know, Katniss being the hero and Katniss actually being the one that overthrows the government. But, spoiler alert, she doesn't. Other people do, and they're corrupt too. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she's not a hero in the end. I mean, and I <sighs> love that. I love that it doesn't give the really easy way out that you expect it's going to. Mm-hmm. And it's so much more complicated than that. And it ends up being about, like... PTSD and living yep. after living through a war. And what's her, her name? Suzanne Collins. Is that right? I think so. The, yeah. Um, you could really, when you read the books in, in close proximity, like uh, you can see the growth. Like they, they definitely get more like deep yeah. and like, it's just ugh, so good. I get why people, I, and I was talking about this with somebody before. I know that the hunger games is speaking of d- divisive films mm-hmm. is pretty divisive. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day. And I said, you know, I can't unread the book and then see the movie. Like I, I saw the movie having read the book and I get that you're saying that there's, it's not a great movie, but, but I guess like, I can't divorce myself from the knowledge I already had. Right. You know, sometimes I kind of wish I could. That's how I am with Game of Thrones. It's, you know, I've read all the books and now I'm watching the show. And it's weird because in a way I'm like 2,000 pages behind when I watch the show. Because I'm watching the show, I'm like, this person's been dead for two books now. This person, this, these people haven't been in the same room together for two years and so on. But for me, it's fine because it just gives like all of this context underneath that mm-hmm. I know about. It makes me feel good. With The Hunger Games, my original plan, because the first movie I saw it and then read the book, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I lost anything. Like, when I read mm. the book, everything that other people were, like, confused about, I got when I watched the movie. Oh, and well, good. Like, That's good to know. Yeah, it didn't fill in anything. It just kind of, you know, it deepened other things that aren't in the movie. But then I ended up, like, just, I'm like, ah, I can't. I wait. I'm just going to read the rest of the book. So I'll be curious how the rest of the movies play for me mm. now having read the books. 
Are you excited for the second one then? I'm really excited. I'm a, like I'm kind of bummed that it's not Gary Ross again because even though I didn't love it the first time I saw it, the second time I watched The Hunger Games, I appreciated it a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I would have liked to see him come back for it. But um, and the the guy directing it now, I forget his name, but it's the guy who directed I Am Legend. And oh, is thing, it? I yeah. wasn't aware of that. The thing about I Am Legend is that there are 45 minutes of excellent direction in that movie the first the opening of that movie the first oh the opening of that movie is awesome it's wonderful it's really effective and it's really it's not just good it's well directed it's a kind of thing that is not relying on screenplay it's really you know very little dialogue and all just Mm -hmm. all will smith and all that and it's handled so well and i get the feeling with that movie and i know it just from knowing that there's two endings and neither one of them is good that movie probably went it's a big budget movie it went through a whole lot of post-production and producers coming in, studios changing things. So I don't really blame the director for why that movie ultimately for me doesn't work. So I feel like I'm, I'm confident in him taking the Hunger Games. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how it turns out. Plus Jenna Malone. It's, oh, which I'm so excited no. about. She's so perfect for that. I know, I know. Unfortunately, I knew about that casting before I started, before her character got introduced. Okay. Because I, I I read I read two and three really close together, mm-hmm. so I read that character as her, which I think which works great though. It was fine. It was very enjoyable. <laughs> um, oh, so good. Oh, and you know who's writing mocking the Mockingjay movie? Yes, ah, I know Jonathan from Buffy. Jonathan from Buffy. Um, who was on Mad Men last week again? Oh, was he? I am so not up to date with that at all. It's been good. I've I've really enjoyed Mad Men. That's the thing. It's um. It's summer now, so most of my shows are over, but there's the few lingering ones, and Mad Men mm-hmm. have been watching, obviously. And I think this season has been fantastic. Hmm. It's good to, what season are they on now? Five? On season six? Six. Six. Now, yeah. Season six. Um, there, I mean, there are a lot of people who are complaining, and everybody's complaining about, oh, Don Draper is so, I'm so tired of him. That's kind of the point. Like, this season is really building up to the fact that Don Draper is no longer the right leading man in a way. Like he looks out of date. He's not changing with the times. Everybody else is. He's Ooh, That sounds he's, fascinating. Yeah, like, I mean, he's, he has a new mistress and it's the same thing you've seen. And that's the point of it. A lot of people are like, oh, it's the same thing. Exactly. Because he's doing the same shit. And I think it's been so good, but I've, I've been, have had arguments with people about that. Hmm. You've piqued my interest. Oh, and before you go on to yours, let me just say, if you're not watching Hannibal, you should be watching Hannibal. I still need to watch Hannibal. It got renewed. It did. So. Now, for 13 episodes, it, did, it got renewed for 13 yeah. episodes, but I don't know if it's a 13-episode season or if it's... That's a good question. A I don't know. That I don't know. Listeners, Ooh. write in and tell me. Yeah, please. Do you know what else I'm got too renewed? Lazy. What? Okay, Community got renewed, which we knew... But Dan Harmon's back. They brought him back. Oh, really? It's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Huh. I'm fascinated. How does that work? I don't know. Well, they got rid of Chevy Chase, or Chevy Chase got rid of himself, so that helped things. Uh, See, I've been watching, um, because Dylan just recently signed up for a trial of Hulu Plus. Okay. Um, So I watched, that's another thing I watched, um, last season's Parks and Rec, which is maybe the funniest show on television. But, um... I've been watching episodes of Community here and there because Dylan's been watching it. I don't know. I just don't get that show. You've been it's watching not... what season? Um, I don't know. Malcolm McDowell is a teacher. So you've been watching this season, which has not been good at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been really... I, I mean, I think there was like one, like the puppet episode was fun. Oh, yeah. I, I, I saw mean, parts of that. Actors have been great the entire time. 
But this season, to me, was just such a... It was a different... Like, if this show was going to continue um, without Dan Harmon for next season, I just wouldn't watch it. Because <laughs> I was really just bummed this season. Um, whereas the season before, like, you just... You have to watch some of, kind of, the gimmick episodes, I think. You have to watch the Dungeons & Dragons one, where the entire episode is them playing Dungeons & Dragons, but it's all in dialogue. That's kind of funny. Um, the Law and Order episode, which is, if, if you're a Law and Order fan, it is every single beat is a it's it's Law and Order. It's amazing. Um, they do a PBS Ken Burns style documentary episode. Like just yeah, go to last season. I, All right, I, I, I will, for you. I will for, for you, you. I will that do was it. One, that was one of our prom songs, I think. Um, I am going to make a list of the episodes you should track down from last season. Okay, yeah. I will. I will do this for you. Okay, thank you. I trust you. Um, now tell me what you've been watching. I'm okay. sorry. I haven't watched I'm, that much either. I monopolize that with my but nothing. But I apparently watched triple what you've watched, which is surprising. I also watch baseball, so I don't know how this is happening. Oh, but that's right. Let me just say, I got to watch my team sweep the Yankees. Oh, I kind of saw that on a television at work. Congratulations. Thank you. And then I promptly got to then watch my team get swept by the, not only the worst team in baseball, but what might actually be the worst team in the history of baseball. Mm-hmm. This is kind of upsetting for me because um, who is what team is this? It's the Florida Marlins. Oh. Now, in 1962, the uh, <laughs> let me explain. No, let me explain. That was really funny. That was I really funny. About, we, now, in 1962, gather round, children. Now, uh, the Met fan, Met fans do not have the same legacy and uh, you know um, the history that some other teams in New York have. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do Some have other teams. We do have a record that no other teams got. And that is in 1962, we I forget the numbers, but we had the worst season in, in Major League Baseball history. We mm-hmm. lost more games than any other team has ever lost. And there's there's a part of us that are proud of that because it gives us something. Because hey, seven years later we won the World Series. But the Marlins are currently on track to pot to be right around there. They may end really up, right now. They are fifteen and forty-two. I think actually no, they're more than that now because they swept us. Now they're like eighteen and forty-two or something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they are on track to take that record away from us, which I'm very uncomfortable with. However, the fact that we did get swept by them after getting after sweeping the New York Yankees did mean that I had a defense built in for all those people who I work with for the most part. Uh, who are Yankee fans, who are like, oh, so, yeah, you beat us, but you can't beat the Marlins, ha, ha, ha. Well, my response is, hey, how does it feel to get swept by a team that got swept they by the Warriors? They got swept by the Marlins. So if you do the, if you do the math, it's basically, like, the Marlins are better than the Yankees. Yeah, it works so, that way. I learned that I agree with you. some kind of geometry, true, false, if true, then false, blah, 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 where that works out perfectly. So it gave me something. Hey, That's good. I lived in New York for five years. I am from New England. I also do not like the Yankees. Right. You know you know how it is. I adopted the Mets when I moved. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah. All right. But uh, other movies I watched. Um, got a lot of people together. And, oh, would we watch? We watch Rappin'. Oh, good. Have you ever seen Rappin'? No, I haven't. I know a lot about it, though. Like, a shocking amount. Well, it was one of my picks a couple of years ago for The Gentleman's Guide. They yes, it was. Movie. I remember that show. I, I am very proud of that. And it was the kind of movie that, like, I've always... Ta- I've talked about since high school when I magically found it in the video store. And as much as I've talked about it, nobody has ever actually, that I've told to watch it, has watched it unless I've, like, sat them down and put the movie on. 
Mm -hmm. And I know that I changed lives when I had that playing, so that's good. Because it really is amazing, folks. It's not, I don't know why it's not, it's, everybody talks about breaking. I don't know why people don't talk about rapping, but it is. Maybe they prefer rapping to breaking. Well, if they did, they should watch rapping. Oh, maybe they prefer breaking to rapping. Well, then they <laughs> should. Well, then they're wrong, and they should. Prefer <laughs> I said that the complete opposite. Way. No, I know, I know. I need to watch it. I know. You would love it. It's Eric LaSalle raps, folks. I know. Eric, Eric LaSalle, LaSalle is amazing. Ugh. Anyway, um, I was also in a room where many people were watching a little movie called Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Which movie is this? It's a early. 90s, I know that late. name. It's on one of those. Um, Oh, God, I just got the DVD pack. Uh, it's on, I think it's a Sidaris film. Oh, Dylan has that. Um, yeah. It's got, front, of the, front of the show's Matt, Matt Suzaka got us that for Christmas. That makes sense, because I think it was his copy that we all watched. Yep. Um, I think Mill Creeps might have covered it recently. It involves a, kill, a man killed by Frisbee and a giant snake. Mm. So that should be enough to let you know that you should seek it out. Um, if I, oh, Matt actually has the link. I'll find the link and put it on Facebook because you can get this pack of like 12 movies for $4 from Amazon and it's worth every penny. Um, I watched Star Trek Trace. Which one is that? That would be the third one. Trace means three in Spanish. I know. Which one is that though? That's the one. Does it have a subheading? Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, the search for Spock, I think. Okay, well, thank, thank you. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, spoiler alert, ends with um, Spock, spoiler alert, dying. Star Trek Three is, spoiler alert, oh, wait, Spock might not be dead. He may be regrowing on another planet where everything's regrowing, and we can go there and regrow things. Uh, and John Larroquette and Christopher Lloyd play, play Klingon. Klingons. I can't say that word. Klingons? I wish there was another G in it. I wish it was Klingons. No, that's what I <laughs> I never realized how hard that is to say. Why, why did you... Klingon? Klingon. No, Klingon. It's really not that hard. Well, for... No, you're right. It's super hard. It's super hard. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, Star Trek 3. Um, <laughs> it was enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, I enjoy Star Trek. I'm not a, a Trekkie. Um, mm -hmm. It... I think I've seen all the movies when I was really young, but I have no memory of anything other than part four has Wales and Catherine Hicks. Um, mm -hmm. And part six, I saw in a movie theater when I was like 10 and didn't understand anything that was going on. Um, <laughs> so Star Trek three sat down and watched it. And you know, I'll, um, cause I'm kind of probably going to get through all of them at some point. And I enjoyed it. Uh, you have to have seen Star Trek two to see Star Trek three. Um, but that's okay. fine. It's, and I wish kind of, I had watched Khan right before because there were things I forgot. Um, I watched a delightful little movie called Paranorman. Oh, yeah. Do you liked it? I loved it. I liked, I liked it a lot, too. I started watching it on Instant Watch, and I turned it on in the morning. Like, sometimes, like, in, you know, because I eat breakfast at home. I get all my stuff ready. Like, I'm home for, like, an hour before I leave for work. And usually I'm catching up on TV, but because it's summer, no TV. Um, I was like, oh, let me put on, this is on Instant. I'll put it on while I'm, like, eating breakfast and stuff. And it's just delightful. It's really cute. There's a lot of, like, really affectionate kind of genre jokes. Mm -hmm. um, the, like, the characters are all fun. Like, everybody's really ugly, which is kind of neat. The monster aspect is adorable. Yeah. Um, and good. Like, it's like, there is, like, a genuine, like, it, if I were a little kid, I'd be, like, scared, but in, like, a, ooh, I like being scared way. Yeah. And Elaine Stritch does a voice. It's really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I have not seen the. Uh, this was the year of claymation children's films with Halloween underlings to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen the other two, Frank and Weenie. Or, Frank and Weenie and Hotel something yeah, something. Frank and I haven't seen either. Neither have I. Um, Paranormal was the one that like people had actually vouched for. Um, and yeah, seriously, folks, it's really fun, and I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I cried. I, I teared at the uh, all the Elaine Stritch stuff was really sweet. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really really sweet and really poignant, really well done. It's just yeah, really good. Like it has a lot of heart, which yeah, is really does. important for kids' films, and you don't always find them nowadays. Yeah. Um, I watched an instant watch horror anthology that is new, which is always exciting to me, uh, called Scary or Die. Okay, I've never even heard of this. Okay, it's I had written it. I had like had put it on my queue and written it down. I think I'm there must have been a blurb about it in Fangoria. Um, five an anthology with five stories, um, one of which is just boring, two of which are like meh, but okay. One of which is like five minutes and shouldn't really be in there because it, it's just tacked on to have uh-huh. a length, I guess. And then one of which is awesome, and it's about 30 minutes. It's the longest one in there. And it involves Corbin Blue from High School Musical playing a drug dealer who gets bitten Ooh. by a clown and then starts turning into a clown. And it, it so was it's really great. fun. Yes, that should yeah. have been a movie. That could have been its own movie. I, don't, I wish it, re- it was. I don't know why it wasn't. Like, if you watch this movie, you really, like, you might even just want to fast forward through the first three stories because, um... Like the first one's kind of like these kind of redneck racists who are trying are killing what they think are illegal immigrants, and then they're zombies. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just dirty and ugly and uncomfortable to watch. The next one's a really boring, poorly done vampire thing, and then the the, the one after that's actually okay, but it's like it's it's just a hitman telltale heart kind of thing. And then there's this one, and it's it's really funny, but also creepy. Like, the tone is really good in this one short story where it's, like, you know, it's genuinely funny because it's about a guy turning into a clown. But there's also, like, a couple of... There's some imagery and some, like, dream sequences that are actually really disturbing. Um, so I kind of recommend it. If I was going to say, overall, is it a recommend or, like, an avoid? I mean, it's a recommend for that story alone. Because even the, the framing device is... Because, I mean, it's called Scary or Die. Get it? Like, Funny or Die? The, yeah. framing adri- uh, the framing device is somebody, like, a, you see, like, a zombie hand, like, on a website clicking on videos to watch, and that's uh. the things. So it's a stupid framing device. Um, and, like, what did I say? I'd say three of the stories just throw away. One of the stories is okay. And then this one's really, really good. So put it on and just fast forward until you get to the thing that says clowned. It probably comes about an hour into the movie. All right. Yeah, that's my recommend. Um, okay, just a few more. Uh, Mama. Oh, what did you think? I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh-oh. Well, here's the thing. Uh-oh. Mama was a really, really good, strong movie, poisoned by some of the worst CGI decisions I have ever seen in a movie. Oh, that's a shame. So disappointing, because you have a really good cast. You have Jessica Chastain and Jamie Lannister. You have really likable, attractive, interesting leads. The two little girls are creepy and cute and scary and really good. Mm-hmm. The setup is is a it's a really good idea. Two girls raised in the in the wild by like some ghost thingy thing, 
Um, and then you have a woman who's like not really a mother, who's not really maternal, having to deal with all of it. Like there's a lot of really good things going on. And there's some atmosphere that's really good. And then the movie insists on like throwing this monster in your face and the monster just looks stupid. And it's, if they had done this movie with, without showing you anything, it would have been really good. Oh, that's a shame. The setups are good when they have like this thing like in a closet, but you do, but she doesn't open the closet door, but you know it's in the closet. It's tense. You're like, ooh, ooh, don't open the closet. Okay, good. She didn't open the closet. And then the next scene, like the thing like flies across the screen and like stops and scares at the screen, and you're like, oh fuck, that looks stupid. And so it was really disappointing for that. Um, I mean, it's kind kind of worth it if you if you like modern ghost movies. It's worth watching because it is better than a lot of the other ones out there, but just really bothersome because they just made so many mistakes with that CGI. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame. It yeah. really can stuff like that can really ruin. Yeah, if if you, you took know. everything in that movie and edited, and purely all you did was cut out things and cut out some of the the amount of time showing the CGI. I think you could have had something really scary and really effective, but yeah, well. Um, okay, well, well um, all right. So the next movie I watched was, uh, it was on Netflix. It's no longer on Netflix, unfortunately, because you would dig this one. Oh, what is it? It's called Chasing the Kidney Stone. Okay. It sounds title pretty good. Is Body Troopers. Uh, okay. It's like the title is like, I think it's, it's foreign of some sort. I think it's like Swedish. I don't know. I was going to say that accent sounded Swedish. I, so. It might have just been the thing in my throat right now. I don't know. Um, this is a movie about a, a little boy who's living with his grandpa and grandpa's sick. Um, but luckily, the little boy has a teddy bear that talks with kind of a Woody Allen accent. And the teddy bear is magical. And the teddy bear um, also is kind of possessive in a creepy way where the teddy bear like okay. hides all the little boy's toys that aren't the teddy bear because the boy, bear doesn't want to get forgotten. But the teddy bear breaks out the chemistry set so that he can cast a spell to turn the little boy into tiny Honey, I Shrink kid size so that the little boy can go into his grandpa's mouth and into his body <sighs> and find out what's wrong. What? And of course what's wrong is that he has a broken heart and kidney stones. Okay. Because the two go together. I don't know if you, I don't know how far you got in science in school, but the two. Clearly not that far. No, kidney stones are caused by a broken heart. Um, It's really sad, uh, but thankfully there are lots of, um, like, kind of Cirque du Soleil-like creatures that are there to help him along his journey. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a fucking weird movie, but it was kind of awesome. What year is this from? 99 or so, I think. It's very... Were you a fan of the Magic School Bus as a kid? Eh, casually. All right. It reminds me a lot of that. And it's like, a lot of it's kind of cute. Like, there's a character named A period Pendix. And, like, to get... Like, it's really, like, to get into the heart. Like, there's all these, like, rhythmic things happening. And, you know, like, the the cerebral cortex is, like, this big office where, like, everybody's answering the phone because they're getting messages from everybody. It's actually kind of cute. Like, if I were a science teacher, I'd kind of want to show it to my students. And be yeah. Like, All right, guys, but what's what's real and what's not? Um, but when you watch it, because it's dubbed, of course, uh, it's just fucking bizarre and kind of amazing. So maybe it will come back on Netflix. I don't know. But uh, keep your eye out for it, if you will. Wow. Yeah. 
And then crazy. Lastly, what what prompted you to watch that? Um, purely the fact that actually, you know what it was. Netflix did this like April Fool's Day joke thing where they like put that movie up under its own category. Uh-huh. And I forget what they called it, but it was like adventures in the human body movies. And like, that was the only one that showed up. And of course I see this and I'm like, well, fuck, I got to watch this. Um, and then when I saw it was going off Insta watch, I'm like, well, fuck, I got to watch this. So I did. <laughs> and the best was I watched it on my commute. So and I, I did. did. I watched it on the bus going to work and then coming home from work. So I have like my little screen there. I have a little notebook. Cause of course I'm writing about this movie. And I'm just, the faces, like, if anybody was watching me watch this movie, it must have been very amusing, because I would just be like, Plah! and then I would write down a note, and then I would continue. Wow. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, and then last has been, um, hey, did you know Arrested Development came back? Oh, yeah, I've seen the first two episodes. It, have, what did you think so far? Are you reserving opinion for... I'm reserving opinion. Um, I've heard some really disheartening things. From some people. Oh, hater. I, Hater's gonna hate, yo. I will say that I, say. I f- watched the first two episodes. I fucking flipped out when I saw Kristen Wiig. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I, 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 like, froze with joy. I lost my shit. Also, I'm waiting for Buster because Buster's my favorite. Buster is my favorite. Buster and Lucille are my favorite. <laughs> yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and not just because um, Brandon says I have a... Lucille-like relationship with Mookie, who is like Buster. Has nothing I to do with that. that. Yeah, apparently. Um, but that's going to be my Halloween costume, too. Uh, Lucille or Buster? <laughs> Buster would be harder. Um, no, Lucille. Oh, that's all. I, I approve. <laughs> I approve this message. Um, thank you. Uh, so I'm up to about episode seven or eight. So I'm about halfway <laughs> through. And I'm enjoying the heck out of it. They, they, I won't say that it's like, oh, they get better. I think it just... Like 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 every season of Rest of Development, it builds on itself so much that like it you notice more things as you go on and more things yeah. come together and it just it becomes funnier. And I bet when I finish, if I go back and start watching it again, it's probably gonna be more enjoyable the second time around. So mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. I think people who wanna hate it just wanna hate stuff, but Yeah, that's it's possible. The way I see people who wanna hate stuff. All right. Um so that's everything I've been watching. Hmm. You still you you bested me again. I know, and I really didn't feel like I've been watching a lot of movies. That's great. I, I definitely haven't. Sorry, guys. I'll step it up. That's all right. Hey, reading is power. Yeah, reading and other stuff is great. Well, whatever other <laughs> stuff is. Woohoo! All right. So what we're gonna do now? We're gonna take a little break, and uh, I guess I feel like we'll have more to say about Scott Pilgrim. Although maybe not. I don't know. Um, I don't know either. We'll see. Uh, but I feel like. Um, Let's warm up with the wizard. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll return. Welcome to a night of total terror. <laughs> That's Mickey Mouse's penis. I knew it was the terror. <laughs> yeah, they don't look to be afraid. They look to be shocked. Here's vagina. It's, did you see Miley Cyrus's <laughs> globulous breast? Night. Of the Living Podcast. I yeah. found more syrup on my pants. Bizarre <laughs> adventure in fear. There was, however, a guy using An experience in shock. More shattering than your strangest nightmare. Pain and pleasure. 
Night of the Living Podcast. Ass to mouth is fantastic. Yeah. Holy shit, that just happened. What's that bad man doing to my donkey? You got Ginger Krampus. A night of total terror. I can't maintain this level of ridiculousness. They made Saw. Night. Of the Living Podcast. My mom listens to show! Did that really just happen? Have I actually understood this weird quirk I tried to suppress or hide is a talent that could help talk about 1989's not Todd or Tom not the guy who directed Child's Play the other guy another guy <laughs> shares his initials and last name Todd Holland's the wizard yes yes indeed starring the it boy at the moment Fred Savage and I guess the it boy of your heart too I think every girl I'm surprised nope. you did you nope. just not watch Wonder Years I watched Wonder Years. I did not like him. What? Were you a... Did you prefer Polly? I mean, if I had to pick, I would pick him. But, I mean, those just weren't my kinds of guys. Hmm, interesting. I just thought everybody... <laughs> and then when he did, which I've I've threatened to record, to review or try to review with other podcasts, um, the movie where he plays an abusive boyfriend who beats up Candace Cameron, no one would tell. Oh my god. That was a big big point in our relationship, I'll, I'll say. Wow. Um, wow. Anyway, All right. Fred <laughs> starred in The Wizard, um, which ha- was, I assume, co-produced by like Nintendo and a whole lot of other companies that got I know in here. Uh, probably a bunch of people are screaming at their computers right now. Dylan, to- Dylan said something about that because the Power Glove is in it and because they strictly use Nintendo games. I am pretty, I've, I'm just pretty ignorant to video games in general. I don't play them. Right. Um, it's the one thing I don't do. Uh, I don't. Oh, so I don't well, she'll do anything else, fellas. I, just not play video games. I'll watch you play video games, but I won't play them because I get too nervous. Sexy, right? Um, <laughs> um, he said that there was some kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, because this yeah. movie is essentially a... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of games being played, and there's a few, like, the Power Glove is kind of highlighted, and we'll get there. Um, and the fact that the movie was the debut of um, Super Mario Brothers 3, which yep. was a new video game that nobody had ever seen before until this movie came out. So, yeah, there is some tie-ins, if you will. 
Um, now, I sort of picked both movies, so do you want to summarize this one or the other one? Um, I can summarize this one. All right, synopsis is away, Missy. All right, so, um, little boy whose name I couldn't remember, even though Fred Savage screams it the whole time, Jimmy. Jimmy! Jimmy! <laughs> so, little boy named Jimmy um, decides to take off for California, and his half-brother, Fred Savage, is like, yeah, I'll go with you, and we can make this happen. Um, on the way, which I forgot, this is how it happened, on the way they find out he's super good at video games, because I'm pretty sure he might be autistic. Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Um, they meet up with awesome uh, Jenny Lewis, and she's fabulous, and she helps she's them, because really awesome. she's, she's super smart. So they end up... Me too. So they end up going to California and competing in like this awesome video game championship. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was the best synopsis I've ever given I, on the show. I am. I don't know if you can hear my applause, but I'm applauding. Thank you. I nailed that, guys. You nailed it. Just, um, yeah. Now this came out '89. I feel like there was a. This was sort of this miniature era of movies aimed at like kids, pre- like tweens, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that involved a character that was sort of either autistic or mystical. Yeah. Because I'm thinking what I associate with this one is The Boy Who Could Fly. Did you ever see that? No, but I, I, I've heard of it. It's, Fred Savage is also in that one. He's younger. Oh, so that well, was a few he, years before. That's, that. his, that's his shtick. That's his thing. Yeah. Mystical yeah. little brothers. Um, the Boy Who Could Fly is a similar thing where there's like a boy and he doesn't talk, but maybe he can fly. And I really liked it when I was a, like, I'm Googling it, so I'm sorry if anybody can hear me typing. And I feel like that one was directed... Was that directed by Gary Sherman? You'll tell me when you Google it. Uh, why didn't it come up? I don't know. There's not many boys who could fly. Sorry, I think... I, I was typing it, so, like, really soft. So. Yeah, that, that was not soft. Um, what was the name of the person? Was it Gary Nick Sherman? Castle? No, okay. Is the, Never it sounds like a porn name. Maybe is this maybe this is wrong. Wait, is that the maybe this is wrong? This is no Fred Savage is in it. Fred okay, Savage is in it. Um, yeah, so he didn't come up right. Uh, it's like Bonnie Bedelia. No, I remember her. She was the mom. Go ahead. So you had kind of like that. Yeah. Maybe you would even fold in like um, Teen Witch. You kind of had a couple of these sort of kid fantasy movies, and this is a movie that if I imagine if you were a little boy or not that little boy in the eighties. This movie is kind of your dream. I guess mm-hmm. you don't want to be autistic and have this family tragedy that leaves you unable to speak, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, this is, like many movies about a kid running away, this is very much kid fantasy. Because you do, you have Fred Savage and his little brother, and they are going cross, or not cross country, they're going from Utah to California, so I guess it's not that big a trip. Um, they pick up a cute little redheaded hitchhiker, and they're going to go to this big tournament and win money. I don't really know why they need to win money. Um, I don't know. Well, Wait. Haley needs money so, to buy a house for her dad, I guess. Well, they were going across country. They were going from, like, for, they're, they're in Utah, they're I think. Utah to California. Yeah. They're going from Utah to California because Jimmy, we don't find this out right away, but he needs to go to California for, like, a right. reason. He just keeps saying California. It's, like, the only so, thing he says because he's super- So, like... Yeah, so Fred Savage breaks them out of the home. Right. And they they go, they start heading that way. Why do they need money? To get a bus ticket to California. But, then they, but in order <laughs> to get the money, they have to be in California. 
And here's the other thing about this movie. Now, I don't know if you had as much difficulty as I did. So we've talked about Fred Savage and his little brother. We have not talked about Fred Savage's older brother, Christian Slater. (gasps) Is this like a sexy talk? Or uh, Christian Slater's kind of sexy in it because he's like the what? He's guys. He's twenty, so it's okay. I checked. (laughs) Um, But this is post Heather's, isn't it? I think so. That's oh so my god! Weird that... You talk about Fred Savage, man. I've been in love with Christian Slater since I was tiny. Oh, Christian Slater! And he's... remember that movie where he has a baboon heart? I I know of it, but I have not seen it. Shocking. I don't know how I haven't seen that. The weird thing is, like, it's really sweet, baby face Christian Slater. And this is after Heather's, which I just kind of am realizing, and that kind of blows my mind. Because in this, he's just, like, he's the good guy older brother. Like, he's, I mean, he's got issues on his own, but, like, he is really just there to kind of be helpful in a lot of ways. So it's it's weird, because it's hard to imagine him, like, playing this character after kind of being, like, Hollywood bad boy for a while. But he still has that, like, face, that, like, bad boy. Right, and he's still wearing, like, a white t-shirt face. the whole time that you just picture yeah. him rolling cigarettes up in the sleeve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, but, but here's the thing. So, okay, Fred Savage... And um, Christian Slater live with Bow Bridges. Yes. And then the little brother lives across town with the mother and mother's new husband. And yes. what the fuck? That family that family tree is really confusing. And they, it's not. Okay. Christian Slater is Fred Savage's brother. brother and the mm-hmm. little boy is their half brother. Yes. Because Bo Bridges is was previously married and his wife to died and his wife Christian Slater. Did she die? Mom. I think because he says at some point they're like when mom died. Oh, okay. But then so yeah, Christian mom who is not dead. No, that's and she's Jimmy's mom. Right. But, but Bo Bridges I think maybe are you confused because Bo, Bo, Bo Bridges has all these kids but no wife? Yeah, it's kind of like overboard. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is the Fred Savage and Christian Slater are Bo Bridges' kids from his marriage First with the wife that died. Yeah. And then he, re- and I think that's what throws me off, is that the man has two wives that are no longer his wife. Yeah. And then he then, at some yeah. point remarried the this other woman and had... Whose name is a Christine, I think. That sounds right. Um, yeah. This other woman gave him Jimmy and, pseudo-spoiler alert, we find out later part of what made Jimmy so pseudo autistic um is that he was do we say what his secret was i guess i mean if you haven't seen the wizard by now yeah it's i mean this is a movie that's less about plot machinations than it is about like the power glove and yeah and that doesn't spoil anything yeah so we eventually find out that jimmy had a twin sister and there was an accident and christian slater should have been watching but wasn't and the little girl drowned, and Jimmy saw it, and ever since then, Jimmy has been 80s movie autistic, is what I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, actually, not to derail too much, but I, if you remember them talking about the little sister drowning, or the, the twin sister drowning, that he just stood there and watched. Well, he couldn't swim, right? Well, I, then I'm thinking maybe he was always autistic. <gasps> Wait, does that mean if you can't swim, you're... Wait, no, but you can't swim, right? <laughs> there you go. This answers Point every even. question I've ever had about you. 
Point proven. We are learning so much. In no, that. I wasn't taking it as like, oh, because, you know, he can't swim, so that means he's autistic. Just more, more like his... You have offended his, so many right now. Just his his inaction was coupled, you know, that's, right, that's all. Right. I can see that's that, all. but I think the it idea is supposed nice. to be that, like, frozen, oh my god, he's, I can't move, and now it's, like, scarred him forever. He's scarred forever, yeah. Um. So... Right, so they're basically, it's a road trip movie of sorts. There's motor, there's friendly motorcycle guys. There's not friendly truckers. There's um, villains of several sorts. Let's talk about Ooh. villains. We had a couple of villains. We have villains. Um, one of them is that guy chasing them across the country. Yeah, that, the, Mr. Putnam. Is that his name? Um, so Jimmy's mom, the hit that mom, the alive mom. Right. It's like, <laughs> alive mom. Is like, oh, we gotta get him back. Let's let's send this guy after him. I have so many things to say about this movie. Please. <laughs> no, no, we're not we're not really there yet. But did you? Can I ask if you took any quotes? If you wrote down any quotes? Oh God, yes, I did. Okay, because I, I didn't, and I was like, fuck. She um, should. I be to pull back the curtain. I've been violently ill. I ate something, and I've been really sick. So I I've been kind of under the weather, and I didn't. I wasn't able to write anything while I was watching this. I just kind of laid there. So. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just picturing you like so weak that I can't lift up a pen. No. No, I I've been so sick, man. It's oh. been terrible. What do you think? Um, I have no idea. I, I, I somebody asked me like, what was it? I said I don't know. The air because everything makes me sick now. Oh. But yeah. Um. So she sends this Putnam dude who hijinks ensue really. Lots of hijinks. Um. One quote I wrote down of him, his introduction, and he also is a little Clint Howardy. Yes, like he a, is. He's like a more corporate Clint Howard. Um, his mm-hmm. line introducing himself is, I make my money bringing in kids, and if somebody else brings him in, I don't make it. It's <laughs> very, very astute of him. Well, I mean, true. You know, he, he understands his way of living. Mm-hmm. That's true, sir. You were right. Now, my question is, because this Putnam dude is, is tailing them, and then Bo Bridges and Christian Slater is, are on the, on the trail. They don't know. You know, honestly... At the beginning, Fred Savage and Jimmy don't necessarily know their destination, other than right. the state of California. Yeah, Wait, yeah. go with me state. for a second. It's a really big state. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's big. <laughs> um, so they don't even know where their destination is going to be. How the fuck do these three people, these two groups, basically, so successfully tail them? Um... It really doesn't make any sense. Well, there's like one montage of Mr. Putnam asking a lot of people questions. Oh, and yeah. And I assume I that's that. supposed to kind of like keep him on their track. But yeah, no, that's a really good point. There. Was there like one road from Utah to California? I mean, maybe there was maybe. Maybe there was like a major highway and they just followed that highway all the way. Who knows? Route 66, does that go through Utah? I don't know, but if it did. That, that is an excellent point for, on one hand, two kids, like, you know, a kid that's, Fred Savage is supposed to be, what, like 11? Um, yes. Yeah, an 11-year-old shouldn't really be able to get that far in his own. But on the other hand, if he has gotten that far, it should be pretty hard to actually track him. That's what I thought, but I get it. You gotta put, push Movie. the plot. Yeah. I get it, I get it. I'm sorry. Sorry to bring in my real-world logic. I know, but th- so I thought that was fun. But yeah, so they they're going to California, and then let's let's talk about this because I know you probably do. They meet Haley. Yes, they do. 
Um, Who's wonderful. She and Jenny Lewis, we've talked about before. I know I've talked about before just because she was in Troop Beverly Hills. I'm opening up her IMDb, so sorry we've if you hear noises. Was in, um, um, was it oh, Fire, she's uh, lovely. Foxfire when she, when she was older. Um, yeah, she no, was but... on one of the best shows ever that is still not on DVD, The Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. She played Katie Monaghan, and that show should be on DVD. So if anybody out there is listening uh, and is like, nobody's going to buy those DVDs. I would buy the DVDs and buy a copy for several family members. So that's just a separate plug for people who want to put that in DVD. Um, and now she's like a rock star person. I don't know. Music. I might. I know no, no, no. See, I know Rilo Kylie. I don't know. I think this is the only movie I've ever seen her in. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. You've never seen Triple No. Not all the way through. Future I mean, I've seen. No idea. Oh, no. We could do that <laughs> with The Last Boy Scout. Okay, I actually like the last boy scout. So. See, there we go. Perfect, perfect. And the and yeah, no, we got it. Bam, done. Okay. Oh, she was on an episode of Just the Ten of Us, which I've seen every one of, so I have I love seen that her. show. It's a great show. Um, but point being, she's yes. adorable and sassy. And she is. She's essentially, but not annoyingly sassy. Oh no, yeah, no, not at all. Because she doesn't, she doesn't ever try to be cute. Mm-hmm. Like she's just kind of street smart, and like the whole time, you know, she's kind of like lying about herself and everything. Yeah. But she just has like that cool girl vibe. Like if yeah. you knew her, you would kind of want to be her friend. You would kind of like want her to like you. And she, like you, you could kind of see why she would end up being kind of like a rock star because she just has that presence that's kind of cool. Yeah, she's she's pretty badass in this movie. Like she, the, the character's really great. Like she is strong and like. Mm-hmm really capable and, and wise beyond her years, yep. but she, there's still that vulnerability where she tells them she lives in a big house and it's actually a trailer. Yeah. But the fact that, and this says a lot, this is, it's, so, it's such an amazing character for a child to play. Like she says, I live in this big house. It's really a trailer, but it doesn't stop her from bringing them there. Right. Like she owns up to her lie. Yeah. It's really quite, quite remarkable. Yeah, no, it's, it's like a really, and I don't know if it was, like where that depth kind of came from because this is actually for as much as people want to kind of make fun of this as being a giant nintendo commercial Mm -hmm. it you could have done a giant nintendo commercial much more simply yeah absolutely movie is like you didn't have to have a child death and yeah and half brothers and half brother family relation (laughs) move that i still don't understand like there is a whole lot to this movie that didn't need to be there for a simple kids film and it's a really interesting choice to have made it so complicated Mm -hmm. um the we we get new kids on the block played throughout in the background right catch it yeah yes absolutely stuff are playing Yep, I was wondering if there was a third one. I knew you would catch it if there was a third one, but I only heard the first two. I'm not as well-versed in NKOTB as... N-O-T-L-P. I immediately (laughs) want to turn it into that. That's my instinct to do. You know, the... Yeah, I... Did I ever tell you my... Like, because when I was a kid, I hated the new kids. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I I got... um, I received a Joey doll as a Christmas present... Mm-hmm. And I, we, because we weren't very PC as kids, um, I used to play like Barbies and stuff and we decided to make him gay Ken and I used to only dress you. him up in like Barbie's clothes. I know I was a terrible human being as a kid. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, that, that, that's, as you would say, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, um, that shows up as a diner waitress. What shows up as a diner waitress? One of that guy, that girl's Beth Grant. 
Who, Grant. Beth Grant, you will recognize her. <gasps> oh my god, no, no, Dylan and I said the same thing. Yeah. Because she's she's Dwight's babysitter. Um she's Dwight's babysitter, and she's also she's on the Mindy Project now. And she's in Donnie Darko, most Donnie famously. Darko. She yep. see, I I don't know her name. She's in an episode of Angel, too. She is, that's right. She's the she's Dennis's mother. Uh-huh. She's Fucking creepy in that episode. She I always I still do. I get her confused with um another actress named Ratanya Ali Aldi who was in Rappin' and Mommy Dearest, famously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they look very similar and take a lot of the same parts, but Beth Grant has been around a little more lately. See, and, I don't know her name, but I definitely know she's Yeah, she's you've seen her in everything, and she would be perfect for a That Guy movie, actually. Um, so she's there. Um, we, we should really talk about the another villain that shows up in this movie, Lucas. Lucas. Lucas is a spoiled rich kid who masters every video game that he comes upon. That's a weird face. That's a weird face. Um, he loves the power glove. It's so bad. Oh, is that what he says? Yes. That's what I wanted to write down. And then there's a weird thing, which we'll, we'll get to when we get to my favorite part of the movie. Um, but, like, there's a... He basically says that, and then Fred Fred Savage is like, keep your power glove off of Haley. Yeah. Like, this kind of confusion, like, wait, was he hitting on Jenny Lewis? It didn't seem like it, but maybe that's how kids hit on each other in the 80s, I don't remember. Um, Or when they're, like, 12. I guess, yeah. But did you see, somebody posted on our Facebook page, um, the, what became of Lucas? No, I'm gonna go there right now, guys, sorry, I'm gonna type, I'm gonna gonna, gonna let you discover it on your own. I'm I'm gonna type it. I I don't like um, Facebook's new format. For me, it's changed. I hate it. It's so I'm never phone, on here anymore. But not on my computer. It's kind of the same. But on my phone, what happens is I guess when you have messages, the faces just stay in the corner as little bubbles. So your face has just been on my phone every time I turn it on oh. or every time I open up the Facebook app. Where is it? I don't see it. Just scroll down. You'll find it. I've just been You're scrolling the since the end of time. No, you'll get there. I keep. This is not good radio. This isn't radio. This is not radio. This is not- it's a podcast. The, I'm already at the William Sadler, William Forsythe post. Uh, maybe it's after that. Maybe other people have posted since then about it. And I'm, there's Tobey Maguire. Spoiler. Okay. Oh, God, yeah. So tiny, tiny Tobey Maguire shows up with the mullet. He doesn't say anything, but he's there, and um, he just he looks exactly the same, but with a mullet, basically. So this, is, this movie gives you a chance to see him with a mullet. Oh, he's a sex offender? Yeah, he's a registered sex offender. But, I mean, I don't read the details. What sex did he offend? I don't know. You watch us for you, and it could have just been, like, could have been anything. I don't know. Or maybe it's something really bad. I didn't read all the details. Or if I did, I don't uh, remember them or block them out, because it saddens me. Yeah, so um, we'll course of sexual conduct against children second two or more acts slash child less than 11? Like, couldn't what? it have been, like, he walked into a public restroom and his pants fell down and it happened to be, like, a public restroom at Chuck E. Cheese? Like, could that have happened? Um, I don't know, but it seems like they're less than 11. It's not like some sketchy shit where, like, the broad was 16, 17, right, which right, I'm right. still not condoning. I'm saying this is, like, less than 11. You want pretty little liars. You know how that is. Hey, you know, if my teacher looked like Ezra... What the fuck? When is that going to end? I'm not done with season one yet. And it never ends, it Emily. It never on. ends. Oh. So can we talk about Spencer's, um, the dude that she, her sister's dude, the yeah. hot 
I don't know. Like, Ian, who kind of looks like a hotter version of Jonathan from Buffy. The hot one with the accent? No. You know the dude with the accent, though, about the right? From the very beginning? Yeah. Oh, no. He's, wait, does he come back? He might, but that's the dude that was in that, when I told the South By story, uh, he's in that I movie. I was wondering the entire time, I'm like, because I've been watching. It's, it's Kate plus Victor, I think is the name of it. You should watch it. He's so good in it. Yeah, no, I keep wondering. I'm like, so when hot. I watch it, I'm like, was it Ezra? Was that the one? No, not Ezra. I don't know. I don't feel like Ezra's that good of an actor. That's so mean. Oh, so God, hot. no, I can't I can't stand their whole storyline. This is my impression of an Ezra and Arya storyline. It's going to, can I tell you, it's going to get more repetitive, too. Oh, God, it's so repetitive. Everything. Well, we can't be together like this anymore. Ezra, look, I didn't tell anybody. Like, oh, my God, you do a perfect Arya impression. Every other character on that show has had, like, five love interests and five different storylines. And Hannah gets Sean and Caleb and, and Lucas. And, and oh my Spencer God, has, like, Caleb, the, Caleb. the British guy and the, and the hot tennis guy. And now Toby. And, and Emily's oh. already had, like, three girlfriends. And, yeah. and then there's... And you, one of them was Kendra. And Kendra the Vampire Slayer. Dude, does that broad ever age? No, did we not talk about this already? Dude, no. I am so freaked out by the fact that... When I started watching, sorry everybody for the sorry, uh, sorry guys. sidetrack. Um, <laughs> Pause. When I started watching the show and I saw Bianca Lawson in the credits. I'm like, Bianca Lawson, isn't that <gasps> right? It's like whose mother is she? Every episode, I'm like, she's not Emily's mother, is she? Like, cause she, like they don't look alike. Is that her? Do I just keep missing her? Is it a different Bianca Lawson? Mm-hmm. And then like one day, like the character of Maya said something in a weird delivery where I'm like, and you sounded like her. I was like, I hate Maya. Oh my God. Of course I hate Maya. It's Kendra. Kendra. She's also in Teen Wolf. And she's also in, I feel like she was in, um, Vampire Diaries. Maybe I'm making that shit up. Like, oh, and 902 and oh, you know, Gabrielle Carteris was like 29 when she was playing Andrea, like all that stuff. But, but. Kendra was like 20 when she was playing Kendra, like almost 20 years ago. And now she's playing like a high school student and she's got to be like older she than is, now. She is three years older than us. So she is 33. It's... Yes. And do you know that she was supposed to be Cordelia? No. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad that didn't happen. casting, she was cast as Cordelia. And then she had something, other commitments, and had to drop out. And they thankfully p- took up uh, Charisma Carpenter. But yeah, she could have been. We could have lived in a world where Kendra the Vampire Slayer was playing was was Cordelia Chase. I don't know if it would have that been that is successful. a dark timeline that I don't want to go down. Yes. So she plays a high school student in um, yeah. Vampire Diaries, um, Pretty Little Liars, and she's in Teen Wolf. I don't know if she's a kid in that or if she's a proper adult. So it is really though. bizarre. Ugh. Yeah. God. Anyway. Yeah, um, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry for, the, for that, guys. But it really should just give you a reason to go look up Pretty Little Liars and watch it. So good. Well, we're going to talk more about that on the next episode, we'll, which I'll explain at the end. But I, I think the, uh, the people we will be recording with next episode have some opinions on Oh, do I need to rewatch it? Uh oh, do I need oh to rewatch God. it? She says, hopefully. <laughs> oh. Um, so back to the wizard. Yeah. So we, we have Christian Slater and Bo Bridges also looking for the boys, um, which gives us a lot of physical comedy between Bo Bridges and Christian Slater. Yeah. Um, Bo Bridges is pretty zany in this. Well, it's because they initially present him as this kind of like eh, poor guy who's got to raise his sons on his own and can't cook and stuff. 
And then it's like, oh, and he also is going to play bumper cars with the evil child catcher character. Mm-hmm. And, like, they they have this side subplot where, like, they're, you know, like, uh, slashing each other's tires and all this stuff. But then there's a cute little scene where, which I, this got a chuckle out of me, where, like, the whole time, also, Christian Slater is, like, lugging around a Nintendo set. Cause, like, which is so ridiculous, so yeah. Weird. Because I don't know about you, but, like, if you went to a hotel, you couldn't just plug in your Nintendo and get it to work. Yeah, he had it. It was, like, so easy, too. Yeah. He just plugged it in. It was, like, ready to play. Yeah, like, you got to figure out the and aux button, right? Yeah. That's really confusing. I I had Atari in my room for, like, seven years, and every time I played it, it took me, like, 20 minutes to figure out. remember how to to plug it in and stuff. Um, But so, at one point, like, Christian Slayer was playing a game, and Bobbeer's just, just like, arr, 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 I'm an old man and I don't play video games. And they go to sleep and then, like, <laughs> to, like, a body, like, sleeping and, like, stirring in his sleep. And obviously you assume it's Bo Bridges and you assume Christian Slayer's playing the video game. But no! Bo Bridges has discovered Nintendo and is... And he like, loves it. Yeah, He's a changed it. man. It's actually a really cute, like, cutaway. And it got it is. Chuckle. Um, so they eventually... Spoiler alert, get to... Oh, wait, they're not, they don't go to Cal... Oh, yes, they do. They just... They go to Reno, and then they, they go. go to Reno, so we have... Because they need money. They... See, this makes sense. They need... Jenny Lewis needs to gamble to get money to get to California. Right. And thank because me, she actually, has... At this point, when the thing happens at the drive-in, where, like, um, there's, like, a falling out with the drive-in... Like, they find out, like, um, Jenny Lewis realizes that Fred Savage um, has been ignoring Jimmy for her, and Jimmy's jealous, and they're like, let's just end this, this is stupid, let's go back, and Jimmy's like, I want to play video games, and that, I think, it's not even about the money anymore, it's just getting them there. want to get him. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, have him do this thing, and they also kind of feel like, for whatever reason, if he wins, it can prove to the mom that he doesn't. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah. Look at we we figured it out. Kinda, sorta, kinda. Yeah, maybe sorta. But yeah, so they get there because it's like this is what Jimmy wants. Jimmy is making the decision, so they're gonna get there. So thankfully, Jenny Lewis has a one of her dad's friends. Um, she gets him to go play craps, and she can tell him exactly what to do. Uh, and he wins a lot of money, and then she takes most of it. Yeah. Um, That's another thing. What is up with these kids waving their money everywhere this yeah, whole kid, movie? Learn a lesson or two. Seriously. Like, there's a scene where Fred Savage must have, must count that money ten times, and then it gets stolen. And yeah. I'm like, kid, that's because you fucking keep waving right. that money around. Every hero of a money clip, every hero of a bra pocket, right? That's true. Yeah. Fred Savage put that money in your bra. I, I have it hanging on my bookshelf. You've seen it. I, you showed it to me. Yes, I've, I've never used it because it seems like it would be very itchy, but I like the idea of it. Um, so they're hanging out in Reno for a few days, and this is kind of confusing. Like, they're gambling. Um, Jenny Lewis is, like, calling Nintendo headquarters. Oh, my God, it's amazing. It's so confusing to, like, find out secrets of video games so that she can pass them on to Jimmy for the competition. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? That's what's happening. Yeah. That's, I mean, is that a question? Because okay, it seems like a statement of fact to me. <laughs> so then we have, okay, can I talk about my favorite moment of the movie? Please. Okay, so we talked about sex offenders. Um, so they're at a casino, which somehow they're able to hang out in. And uh-huh. Mr. Putnam, who we remember, is the evil child catcher, like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang character who's trying uh-huh. to uh, bring Jimmy home to his mom. 
Um, he finds them, and he's about to grab Jenny, and what is little Jenny Lewis, smart thinking, street smart Jenny Lewis, scream at him in a loud He touched my breast! He touched my breast! Just like that. Um, to which, do you you remember what, what Mr. Putnam responds? I don't know, no, I don't think I do. He says, she doesn't have any breasts! Does he really? How did I not, how did I not catch yeah, this is so... You have to wonder after watching this movie how many girls are like, okay, I guess I'll try that next time. I My dad wants me to leave Chuck E. Cheese and I don't want to go. Well, this is my thing about this. He then, as, as the guards are like like picking him up or whatever, he's screaming about how like he has every right to take this kid, which he does. I'm assuming right, that the parents yeah. signed something or it gave him proof that... He was out to find... All you have to do is go to the local authorities or go to those same security guys and be like, look, let me show you this. This is the kid. He fucking went about it the wrong way. It's his yeah, fault. He, well, yeah, he didn't have people skills. Clearly. Yeah. Um, so they're able to get away. This is when Haley reveals to us that her mother had a gambling problem. So now we've got gambling addiction introduced. Yep. In addition to, um, you know, child death and autism and and all this stuff. We're just adding, you know... it's a, pretty heavy movie for children and then what we get to video armageddon (gasps) so good so where do they universal studios universal studios which means we get the the traditional universal studios backlot tour which okay fine you got the big king kong awesome but does that place not look like the lamest place ever there's like a bootleg Dracula and kind of a crappy Wolfman and like some weird not Mickey Mouse character walking yeah, around. It's it's like the rule of this was like an Ebert's rule of like studio backlots is every time a movie is set like like involves Hollywood, there somehow during in Hollywood at every time a movie is is being made, every single movie of a period is being made. So you always have a showgirl. You always have like, a 19- <laughs> you always have a gladiator walking by, even though like, they don't make that many gladiator like movies it, anymore. Like in Pee-wee. Exactly. Like, like that is the rule of it. Um, speaking of Pee-wee, the, <gasps> did you, are you going to talk about the dinosaurs? Oh my God. Are there oh, multiple no, Pee-wee I have, connections? I haven't gotten there yet. There are multiple. Yes. We get to the dinosaurs, but first there is like the studio backlot chase scene. Does mm-hmm. have a really funny moment. Where um, the guy giving the tour, like, because this is all, like, if you listen closely, and also I had the subtitles on, so this helped. The um, guy giving the tour is like, and now we're passing by the set for the new movie, Mayhem in Monte Carlo, starring Zsa Zsa Gabor and Pee Wee Herman. And yes. the romantic leads. I, I did hear that. Yep. so great. And then, and then he continued, because at this point, like, the kids have jumped on, they're like, and there's just chaos because the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang guy is chasing, um... Um, Fred Savage and all this stuff is happening and the tour guide is screaming just sit down sit down and have fun damn it I know I like that a lot so that made me happy Uh, and then they of course at the last minute get to the video arcade uh, tournament thing where there's an awesomely insane announcer on cocaine on cocaine totally (laughs) the 80s obviously he was on cocaine awesome and that guy i looked him up and i didn't recognize anything else he'd done but he looked so familiar right he did he looked like that guy but nothing i saw caught my mind but he was awesome he's just this like um i'm trying to think of like who he reminds me of just kind of like your your crazy kids 80s kids game show host who's like 
you have to give him cocaine before he goes out on stage so that you can get sweating. Yes, sweating and screaming. Just like everything is intense and it's awesome. Um, And then you just have kids playing Super Mario Brothers 3 for about 20 minutes. No, okay. The, 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 them playing it was supposed to be for, for 10 minutes. Like, oh, they right, were right. supposed to get 10 minutes to play. Yes. I meant to check, did they actually play for 10 minutes? Because I was tense the whole time. Real time? I don't know if Yeah, it was like, I was like, <gasps> really, really. He was, um, he was in um, The Dream Child. Do you not know him from that? The Dream Child? Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Five? Who was he? Yeah. Um, Dr. Moore. So he was a, one of the doc. See, that's the movie of, of the Freddy movies. That's the one I've watched the least because I hate that one. I think it's really boring. And he was in Scooby-Doo. The I movie. I don't see Scooby-Doo movies. He's also British. Like a, like a, like a champ. All his first <laughs> credits are like BBC shows and shit. He should. So that dude was yelling in America, yeah, in with America. an American accent. So that that was, dude, <laughs> MVP of this movie is that dude. The guy on Coke. Clearly. Maybe Jenny Lewis, but really the guy on Coke. Yep. Um, so, okay, so 10 minutes of playing Super Mario Brothers 3. And now, like, I guess this, I'm trying to think of what the equivalent would be. I guess, I don't know, the new Halo game in a movie about video games. It's a different <laughs> culture, I suppose. Uh-huh. But in 1989, this, like, I am sure many a child went to see this movie because they wanted to see Super Mario Brothers 3 being played for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, Super I, Mario Brothers 3 is a pretty awesome game. Like I've said, though, I found that whole setup, like, really tense and, like, good. Like, I was interested in them playing. I was, like, nervous. I didn't necessarily understand, like, Fred Savage, like, mumbling, like, instructions from the crowd. Well, like, and how he would know anything because it's a brand new game, so nobody would know anything yeah. about it, really. Yeah. And the other thing, too, about it, because, yes, you're right. Like, the actual, like, direction of that is pretty good. Because you are, like, you're with them. Like, all you're missing from that scene is, like, the cut to a guy standing on stage with a giant board behind him and a hundred hands with dollar bills waving because they're all taking bets. Mm-hmm. Like, you, that, you're supposed to have that scene, like, The Running Man. Like, that should be in every uh, yeah, movie. Yeah, I was thinking of The Running Man the whole yeah, time exactly, you were talking like, about Everybody's betting on things. <laughs> and, I mean, the, the whole you have a whole Reno subplot. You would think that would be a thing, but it's not. Yeah. But the problem, I guess, I had, it's not a huge problem, but, like, the stakes are so strange because it doesn't really matter if he wins the money. Like, they've... Well, he has to, at, at that point, he has to prove to everybody. Like, because at this point... In case we didn't mention this, everyone has caught up to them. Right. Uh, Bo Bridges, Christian Slater, the dude chasing them, and the real mom and her new husband. Right. Everybody's there. So they now, and everybody's rooting for them. Like, oh, this this slightly autistic child is doing so good in this video game competition. You know? Fuck the sex offender. Yeah. Woo! So I feel like now the stakes are if he wins, they'll be like, this kid, he's great. I guess, but at the same time, it's like, it. But what does he really get out of it? It's all that money. Yeah, but what is he gonna do with it? Doesn't he have to give half to Jenny Lewis or not? It's never really understood. And by the end of the movie, where is she going? Back to her trailer, I guess. But they're driving home, and she's in the car with them. Are they gonna drop her off with a check for twenty five thousand dollars? Be like, yeah, like in Reno, they have to swing for Reno. I guess it's it's very strange when like you kind of think like there's a lot of things that are unresolved here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so then we we do get the other Pee Wee's Pee Wee connection, yep. which is the Denouement that's movie awesome. set in the Dinosaur Park from Pee Wee's Great Big Adventure. That's awesome. Yeah, and I was like, I really want to go see these dinosaurs. Are these dinosaurs still in existence? Because I can't Google. I just ask people questions. So I asked my friend at work. I was like, do these dinosaurs still exist? And he's like, yeah, I think they're all religious now, though. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Like, is it a dinosaur oh, like wearing that. a giant crucifix? And is it, are the dinosaurs, like, posed? I, wait, if I Google it's dinosaurs, it's oh, not going to come up. Oh, God. But if you Google, I don't know, dinosaurs posed in um, religious book scenes, like, do we have a, like, a Bible version of a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Because that sounds kind of kick-ass. I'm not going to lie. I don't think so. But, okay, dinosaurs. Like, Garden of Eden with dinosaurs? I don't think so. I just think they're trying to teach you about, like, Evolution different and things. And nachos. If there were dinosaurs no, and nachos. About nachos, but I said, I think I said not evolution, but oh, now I'm clearly, nachos, I, so clearly I heard what I want. Um, I'm really interested. I, wait till you're on the podcast to Google this, Christine. It's the best time. Uh. <laughs> but, but, like... Imagine, okay. I don't know. Um, I, I paint me a picture. Like Solomon and the two women who have a, a baby pterodactyl and they're asking what to do, and he's like, But I don't think I it's like. Yeah. Um, oh my god! Is it? Is it? <laughs> is it a biblical version? Biblical version? Oh my god! Please tell me it is. <laughs> Why was that website playing so many sounds? <laughs> I'm distracted by the idea of a dinosaur. Oh my god! There was like it like started playing music and it scared me. I don't know. They're called like Cabazon dinosaurs. Okay. So everyone Google it and figure it out. The website right. will we'll play we'll music. Work on it. People put it on our Facebook wall if you learn anything. Oh, I just want to go to that. I just want religious dinosaurs. I don't think you know when the person that told me that said that they're basically that there's a possibility they might be posed with people like humans like okay. Vikings or something okay. like saying that. That dinosaurs were like the same around time. Yeah. people were, yeah, okay. like so dumb people. Like people, in other words, like Jesus riding a dinosaur. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna give you that. Okay, I appreciate that. I, I get so no, little in no life. No problem. Although I did get a free coffee this morning, that was exciting. <gasps> I saw that on your Facebook page. It's seriously like when you get that last stamp on your little coffee card punched. It just, just, just. I know we have listeners who are parents and have children and like the birth of your child was probably a big deal. Sure. I'm not taking that away from you, but I'm just saying getting a free coffee oh, on a Tuesday morning. Emily, I'm really excited about your free coffee, but currently located inside Dinny, which is the dinosaur is a gift store and museum promoting creationism with some of the toy dinosaurs in the shop sold under the label. Don't swallow it. The fossil record doesn't support evolution. What the fuck? Okay, well, what the I actual- know where I'm going on vacation next year. Um, Cabazon. Can you camp Cal- there? Can you, can you, like, camp there and stuff? I don't think so. Aww. It's a fucking creationist museum now. I'm, like, like pissed. That sounds amazing. I know. So you realize I enjoy these kinds of things. I'm simple I know, like that. I know, too, but... I'm easily amused by dinosaurs next to, um... Old Testament characters. That makes me laugh. I know. I'm all a right. Simple, simple human being, Christine. You can go. Thank you. It's all right. Do you, thank you. So you'll sign my permission slip, in other words. Yes. That's important to me. Um, 
but yeah, so we do get the dinosaur park before it turned into a creationism uh, dinosaur park. Um, and then the then we get synthesizer music. We get a lot of synthesizer music, this being the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout, I don't know if you were keeping track of all the product placement. Um, I know there was quite a bit. I did not keep track of it, though. I mean, I caught Slurpee, 7-Eleven, yeah. Hostess, uh, Clark yeah, Bars. I- there's a lot of Clark Bar. There are so many Clark Bars. Yeah. It's so weird. Clark Bars are to this movie what Reese's Pieces are to E.T. Maybe Fred Savage just really likes Clark Bars. And that was one of his demands. He's like, I'll be in your stupid Nintendo movie if I get a Clark Bar every In every hour. scene. <laughs> every scene I should be holding a Clark Bar. He was like shilling for Clark Bars at the time. He's like, it's part of my contract. I kind of like the idea that Fred Savage was like an asshole as a teenager. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a fun it's a fun way to view this film. You know, it's it's one way to watch. Like you can watch The Shining every time. You can watch it thinking something like, oh, maybe this time it's about Native Americans. You can watch The Wizard this time being like, maybe this time it's about Fred Savage's, uh, you know, contract demands. Whatever you want. Exactly. You. Next time I watch it, I will. I have to have a rubber spider in this scene. <laughs> no rubber no rubber spider, no Fred Savage. <laughs> Suck it. He storms off set. I like to think that happened. Um, yeah, so uh, what more do you have to say about the wizard? I don't know. I don't know if I have much to say. I mean, uh, Fred Savage packs to hitchhike, presumably, to California from Utah, and he packs a rubber mask and a rubber spider. Sounds about right. That's um, what I whenever I go on overnight trips. Don't really know why he did that. I guess because he's a kid. Maybe shouldn't have been hitchhiking. Um, oh, yeah, so they get to the dinosaurs. Did we say how it ends? And he sees the picture of it. They, it's, oh, it's his twin sister. He drowned. Super sad. We're going to leave the lunchbox with all the pictures. Did we stop her? No, yeah, no super autistic. Yeah, he's Baby. free from his autism. But it was super cute because he carried that lunchbox around with him the whole time. And when he would play video games, he put it between his knees, and it made me want to cry. Notice that. That is. It was so sweet. cute. And the reveal of the lunchbox, which comes about an hour in, when you find out what's inside, is mm-hmm. like a really kind of sad scene. Absolutely. Yeah, is. I mean, this you know, the little boy playing Jimmy. Again, I didn't really recognize him, but like. He's good. Fred Savage was a pro at this point. Like, he could, you know, he could do what he needed to do well. Like, you you do, you like the kids. They're not, you know, I don't know, they're not little Jodie Foster things, but they're likable and you care about them and you want them to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, the kid who played Jimmy is, like, really attractive now. Oh, you're right. I did look him up and I was like, ooh, he grew up well, but I didn't mm-hmm. recognize anything he did. He was in Little Big League, league with That's Timothy right. Buskill. I think he's the main kid in that, too. And yeah, Kevin I like Elster, that. former New York Matt. Oh, I, really? I've never actually seen Little Big League, though. Oh, it's not. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's enjoyable, though. Yeah. All right. So do you want to rate this movie? Sure. Shall I go first? Sure. What do we do first? Because I always forget um, quality always of movie. Quality of film first. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Quality. I was testing you. Quality of film. I am going to give this. I am going to give this a solid seven. It's it's funny, like as I was watching it, I'm like, oh this I'm like, I'm enjoying this movie, but it's I know it's not good. But the more like especially sitting here and talking about it, even though there's a lot of decisions that are questionable, mm-hmm. it's actually much better than I think it seems like it is. Because you have like a lot of heart going on and you have 
a more complex story than you needed, which I kind of appreciate, I guess. Um, I'm going to say quality of movie. Um, I'll go a little lower. I'll say 6.5. All right. Fair enough. Still solid. Mm -hmm. Enjoyment of the film. Um, this is kind of tough. I will give it, I'll also give it a seven. I, I actually, this is the second time I've seen it, and only time I've seen this as an adult. Um, I I liked it a lot more. Yeah. Not to say that the first time I saw it, I didn't like it. I just enjoyed... I, I guess when I, the first time you watch it, you I mean, you could make certain assumptions. Mm -hmm. That it's, oh, it's like late 80s, video game, Fred Savage. Yeah, but it's, it's actually... Yeah. yeah, I all the time I do. But it was actually like like super sweet and genuine and and like silly and goofy and it but it 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 was never trying to be so many things that it sucked. Right. Like it was it still was a, the end product was solid. Yeah, and I mean also there's just so much nostalgia when you watch, especially for us when we watch a movie from this era. Mm -hmm. It you know we were kids when when this came out, so it's funny watching a movie that was aimed at seven year old me. Um, and, and especially my nine and 11 year old brothers, you know, um, and I had a blast watching this just cause both for the kind of like, Oh, hardy, har, har, look how eighties they are. And, and the fact that it was like kind of sweet and I did care about all of the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to say my enjoyment was, um, 7.25. Woo. Yeah. Solid showing. Indeed. All right. So on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a different movie. Oh, God, this is going to be terrible, isn't I it? I don't know what's going to go, what's going to happen. So ah. let's take a break and talk about Scott Pilgrim verse. Is verse or verses? Um, we could say verses or we could say verse whatever you want. See, this is really bad because, like, I'm supposed to be an English person, like, you know. Verses. And I've never been able to figure out the difference between them. Um, Scott v. Scott Pilgrim v. The World. We'll be back. our next and final movie of the night, if you will. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Scott Pilgrim, the period, space, the space world. Uh, 2010, based uh -huh. on graphic novels, correct? Yeah. Okay. Comics. Comics. I would call it comics. comics. But, By Brian Lee O'Malley. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh uh-huh, yeah, right. Uh, directed by Edgar Wright, who mm -hmm. you will remember. Is my boyfriend. Um, is your boyfriend. 
He's my uh, boyfriend. You'll remember him from such films as... Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. um, the new movie that's coming out, I want to see so hard. So space. Hard. Space? Yeah. Oh. What is that? Do you know Space? Oh, the I show? watch Space. It's been... <gasps> no, I'm sorry! God, I'm sorry! Ow, that hurt me! Um, it's on my queue. Oh, you should watch it. Um, but the new movie, the, the one that... I know. You, you should. Actually, I... Forget everything I just said. Finish Pretty Little Lies first. Yeah. still have the same uh, values here. Edgar Wright's awesome, and if you don't know who he is, I don't know how you exist in this world. Hipster. (laughs) Why? Is Edgar Wright a hipster director? No. Well, well, let's... What? Let's... Okay, so Scott Pilgrim is a, um, like, This is gonna be be ugly. ...who is in a really, like crappy band and they know they're crappy they're um, not crappy that's the I whole like, point thing is, like they think they're crappy like they're cra- okay anyway um so scott pilgrim <laughs> has a girlfriend uh who is 17 named knives and she knives. and he's he's kind of a dick to her um and then one day there's like this cool new chick who roller skates in and her name is ramona flowers and scott's like whoa who's knives i want that chick um, and for whatever reason, um, Ramona's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll date you, okay, I'll change my hair color too, wow, okay. And they start dating, but then Scott learns in order to date Ramona, he needs to battle um, Ramona's seven evil exes. And that is what, must defeat. That is what we get, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not ex-boyfriends, but exes. Exes. Yes. Um, so Scott Pilgrim, uh, mm-hmm. Um, did not do that well in theaters when it came out. Uh-huh. Um, I saw it, I saw it twice, so it's not my fault. So, it, it is my fault. I did not go see it in the theaters. Uh, not for any reason, mostly because I don't really go to the movie theater, as we've established, because that means I have to leave my house, and it's so comfortable here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, now this is a movie. Oh, now, God. Okay, no, no, How? all right, all right, let's, uh-huh. let's get it out of the way. Now, I watched this movie about probably about a year or two ago, mm-hmm. um, and I had heard a lot of great things about it. And I get my DVD from Netflix, and I put it on, and I watch it, and it still, and it still is for me. It was such a divisive movie within myself, if you will, mm-hmm. because I think this movie is um, directed and made in such an innovative, fun way, where like virtually every shot and every frame of this movie is just popping. And it's very much a movie that is directed with energy and just wants to kind of keep you having fun and keep you looking at everything. And it, it, it just never wants to rest. And I really love that about it. Mm -hmm. The first time I watched it, I did end up being kind of ultimately giving it a thumbs down because I just hated the character of Scott Pilgrim so much and let me explain why it has nothing i haven't i haven't said a word i know but i can just feel your tension no you can't (laughs) so i don't have a problem with michael Sarah. i know a lot of people Mm -hmm. do i don't have a problem Mm -hmm. with him um it was more the plain and simple the character of scott pilgrim is that guy that you know remember i was with i was actually with christine when i like pinpointed exactly who he reminded me of this kid i went to high school with Mm -hmm. um He's just the guy who's, who, who kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is the cool loser in a way. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, he's kind of like, oh, I'm a loser. No one likes me. Or the girl of my dreams. I want a girl who's out of my league. Um, but I'm also too cool for the girl who's in my league. And he's such a dick in the movie. And I don't want to, I'm not going to spoil anything yet. But the end of the movie did no favors for me in regards to Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew going into it this time that I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with this again. Um, and the, I think I could put up a distance where it's, you know, I don't think, I'm not one of those people who it's like, oh, if I don't like the characters, I don't like the movie. No, because there are movies that are made differently in different ways where you're sometimes, it's not about identifying with someone or sympathizing with someone. And in this movie, it's, I can, I did and can enjoy this movie for all the jokes and the filmmaking and all these innovative touches and the kind of fan, like modern fantasy, um, like techno aspect of it. I love all that stuff. And I think this is an achievement and it's, it's a very good film. It's, I just still wish I had more investment in the character. Now, do you like Scott? I have no problem with Scott at all. I don't like him because you're not supposed to like him. People say that. What do you mean? He's not. He's not. He's not supposed to be likable. He's apathetic, and he's. Um, we have one piece of feedback, as I told Emily, but I'll now tell you all from our very good friend, mutual friend Ryan, who, um, if you ever listen to Outside the Cinema podcast, he was one of the original hosts of that. So that's Ryan. But he likes this movie a lot too, and he'll he'll bring up some stuff about why I don't necessarily. He brings up reasons. Mm. That I don't like Scott Pilgrim, but but Scott Pilgrim's not likable. In the books, he's not likable, even more so. Guess what? Ramona's not really even that likable. Nobody is really that likable. Um, but they're in real life, people aren't always likable either. But he's yeah. he's he's just Scott. He's apathetic. He is a loser. He acknowledges that he needs to be more motivated. He's it's he's earnest about the fact that he has no attention span, the fact that he runs away from his problems, the fact that he's fucking knives over. Mm-hmm. Like he he's not a great guy. And the fact that basically and Ryan will bring this up in the, the email that I will read. Um, the fact that all the female characters pretty much, um, you know, rotate around him, everybody from knives to Ramona to Kim mm-hmm. all ro- and and he is nothing to be. Treated that way. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't like Scott Pilgrim. He's, mm-hmm. especially in the books, he's like, he's not a nice guy. But it doesn't, he's not supposed to be. And I, and at the end, when, I know it's very on the nose, but when they say Scott has earned the power of, you know, self-respect. self-respect like, he, he finally, in that moment, he's like, he starts doing things for the right reasons. And the fact that they show you that, these are the ABC is the right reasons, then I don't, it doesn't erase the fact that he's been a shit character, but it shows that at least the filmmakers and the person who wrote the original text mm. understands that this is not how they view the world. This is how Scott Pilgrim viewed the world. Now, okay. I can, I can hear all that. I can, I'm mm-hmm. processing all that. I guess there's, well, there's two things that still bother me even after that. One is, it's like there, and I don't know if maybe, uh, like there's nothing 
charming or cute or anything about Scott where I'm even like, like, I just want to watch everything else and I don't want to see him in a way because, and it's, see, it is a choice because it would uh, not have been hard for them to give him anything likable or kind of any kick to make you, even though you're like, yeah, I mean, cause you can, I, you know, a good fellas is a movie with full filled with antiheroes and I don't like any of the characters in it because they're all awful human beings, but... But see, I'm that's, that's the distinction. Them. Yeah. He's not an anti-hero. He's not. Yeah. And he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be anybody's antithesis to a hero. He's not, he's not that. He's not a good guy. As simple as that. And I don't like him. I like Kim. And I like when I like Kim him. says, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Right. Like, nobody is that fond of him. And everybody calls him out on his shit. Like, shouldn't you tell your 17-year-old girlfriend? Like, and he cheat. you know, he cheats on Ramona and Knives. Yeah. Like, he's not good. And he leeches off Wallace, who is my favorite character ever of all time, always. Um, he leeches off Wallace. His He doesn't have any type of responsibility. He fucks over his band repeatedly. He screwed over Kim, which is only alluded to in the movie, but it goes in, in more in depth in the book. Right, well, when he apologizes, the, yeah, you know there's... In the book, he's even worse. It's terrible. But it's, like, he's goofy, and I don't know, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I really laugh at him in this movie. It's just everything that's going on around him. Yeah, I mean, I laugh I'm, when he's trying to... Like, what's the scene where he's... um. Like, trying to think of an excuse to get away, and, like, you know, there's kind of, like, a pinwheel in his head with all these different, like, excuses yeah. he could make up. Like, that's really funny, but it's, it's, and it is character-based, but it's also just the, you know, tricks of the movie that's really amusing <laughs> at that point. No, but the other thing, and I don't know if we should just, all right, we're talking about this movie as if, I think, as if you've seen it. This is, because uh, I do want to, I, I, I can't not talk about the ending, just because it is another big thing, I think, for me in discussing this movie. Um, so anybody who has not seen Scott Pilgrim vs. World should go see it, certainly. I'm recommending it. It's The filmmaking on itself is worth watching. Um, but can we talk about the choice at the end? What choice? Well, how the movie where he picks Where he picks knives. Which cut did you watch? He doesn't go with Ramona. Uh, Christine? Which TV? What, a- you, Emily? What, wait, what? Um, which movie did you watch? Which cut of this movie did you watch? Do you own it and watch? Did you watch like a director's cut? I don't think because on the so. Netflix DVD. <laughs> um, um, I just googled it. Sorry again for the clicking. Yeah, it's one of my pet peeves. The I Netflix hate Netflix DVD, which does the fucking annoying Netflix DVD thing where it's like. Special features is a thing you can choose, so you choose it, and then you're like, oh, wow, lots of special features. And then you go to click on deleted scenes, including alternate ending, and you click on that, and you get the little note, if you, this is just a rental copy, if you want to see this, you should just go buy the movie. Um, so why did you even tell me there were special features if you weren't going to give me any, but besides... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, no, see, the theatrical cut, which I believe is the DVD, the Netflix DVD, he... He Wait, hold on, I'm so phone. confused. <laughs> yes, the 
movie I watched, and I watched it like three days ago. <laughs> well, in the movie, in the movie, he um, Scott Pilgrim, in the movie that I watched, he, he ends up with knives. Is, did you? I don't, I don't know if that's really what happened. Hold on. Honey, did you create your own movie again? Did you rewrite things so that James McAvoy... Okay, original ending... Oh, God, if only. Original ending, the first thing that we're going to change... Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Um, film in theaters ends. Scott is defeated by Gideon, but uses his extra life and gets a do-over. Um, he defeats Nega Scott by befriending the darker version of himself, is told by Ramona to get back with Knives, is told by Knives to get back to, with Ramona. Um, the latter happens and voila, voila happy ending. Okay. Right. Ramona. Um, okay. Um... The next minute, Scott deals with Nega Scott, meeting up with Knives on the street. Scott and her look off into the distance where Ramona stands in the street. A final understanding takes place between Ramona and Scott, where each understands that Scott is better suited to be with Knives. Ramona walks off into the darkness, and Scott and Knives share a kiss. The movie comes to an end with the two of them at the arcade laughing, having a good time. Is that the ending you saw? <laughs> Clearly, because, because yeah. that's the way the movie ends for me. Yeah, I saw the other ending. The one you saw in the theater two, three years ago when you went to see it. What? Yeah, the version that's the least on the Netflix disc, because that's the theatrical version, I guess. He chooses Ramona. Ramona what? walks away. Ramona says, like, you should be with Knives. And he's about to be with knives, and then it's like, no, it's okay, I'll go with her. And then he, it ends with him and Ramona walking off together. Oh. Yeah. I now I'm really doubting myself that any of this has ever really happened. <laughs> so wait, wait, the character of Scott Pilgrim is played by Michael Fassbender, though, right? <laughs> yes, and the character of his roommate is played by his giant penis. You know I feel about fast under penis jokes. He's more than a penis. Um, That's what I tell myself every night. Did you hear he's, but supposedly, he's also supposedly like a wife beater? I, I can we not talk about this? Yeah, I don't we know. Talk about it because it's, it's upsetting. I don't want to talk about it. There's the whole thing. Like I don't know about the original thing, but then there's this whole thing now about him yelling at that woman. I don't know if that's true, um, but I don't know if that's true. Okay, that's all. So- We'll just get back to what we do know is true, which is in your version of Scott Pilgrim, he chooses knives. And in the version I've seen, uh, because Netflix has made it impossible for me to see the other version, uh, he chooses Ramona. I guess every time I put in Blu-ray, it just plays the one where he picks knives. I'm guessing on a Blu-ray is probably the director's cut, which the director's cut and original ending was probably him ending up with knives. Because then there is some growth to the character. Not growth, but... when he ends up with Ramona to me even though on this go around I actually liked Ramona a lot more than I did the first time like Mm -hmm. I kind of the first time I was like oh great it's pretty Mary Elizabeth Winstead and she's quirky but not really this time around like I kind of got a little more of her I'm like okay well she's like she's more complex than I think I initially took her for but still with the ending being him and Ramona it's very much like Oh, yeah, so you did have to battle the seven X's to win her heart, and you did win her heart. So 
it is exactly what it was supposed to be, and that is your journey. Whereas with him ending up with knives, it's, oh, see, no, it wasn't about this dream girl. It was actually about, like we said, self-respect and learning yourself a little more and then making this choice based on yourself and not kind of just what you think you're supposed to want. And it, I mean, we kind of saw different movies if you take those two endings as, you know, yeah. thinking of the other one. I, I mean, do think if he ended up with, even though uh, I'm not necessarily like, oh, I didn't need the love story aspect of it where he ends up with knives. That's not what necessarily turns me off from the character in the movie. It's more mm-hmm. that, it, you know, you go through this whole like unlikable character and then he still chooses Ramona. And having him do that at the end, it just it feels so empty for it to be that way. And that's why, you know, it's one more thing that leaves me kind of with this, like, meh at the end of this movie, which is incredible otherwise. I just fell over, sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> yes. I just fell on the ground, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's impressive. Much much like Gentleman's Guide will, I have to sit on a medicine ball to, or one of those big balls to record, because I can't sit in a chair because my back. I just fell off of it and slammed into another chair. So sorry if that was loud. Is it like one of those I, balls like, a, like you get in a toy store where it's got a handle and you can like bounce around? No, it's like for yoga or like stretching and stuff. Uh, I just sit on it. Um, I agree with you about that. I like that he ends up with um, knives in my brain. That's what happens. Um, the second time I saw this in the theater, it was actually for the Blu-ray release. Um, uh. And it was with Edgar Wright and Kieran Culkin and Bill Hader. And it was the best day ever. Um so that I'm assuming that they probably I probably saw the knives ending. Unless I'm making this up. There is a knives ending, right? There I feel is. Like yeah, texting no, no, someone there and asking them. It's just it's I've never seen it because it's always it's not on the Netflix DVD. But no, I, and I believe it was the intended ending and then test audiences, blah 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 blah, changey, changey. Um and I am assuming, based on what you're saying, that it is the director's cut. That Edgar Wright wanted her to end up with, wanted him to end up with knives, not Ramona. Um, but the theatrical cut, which is currently what mm-hmm. you get if you rent the Netflix disc, which I've done twice now, um, you get Ramona. Hmm. Yeah, I don't necessarily like that because, um, and Ryan brings this up in his message email as well. Should I read that now? Yes, you know what? I feel like it's going to have a lot to Let us talk do something. About. Let us, um listeners you don't know this we're gonna pause briefly so i can move my computer and connect directly to the internet um so give us yes we'll be right back with that letter hi hi but we didn't go anywhere so let's pretend like that didn't happen yeah but i'm not that good at editing so something (laughs) happened you don't know what basically i just moved rooms um but that means we continue talking so you said ryan had some thoughts about scott as he He did i'm gonna let i'm gonna say i think that we should try to find a way to post this in its entirety okay because it, it should be read it is two pages long Okay. Um, it is obscenely long, but it is amazing. Let's hear it. I have um, picked some choice spots. Mm-hmm. It actually has a title called Your Name is Kim and You Play the Drums, colon, Gender Roles and the Wizard and Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Love Holy it shit, it's amazing. Okay, so here are some of the, the, the highlighted bits. Um, he basically wants to talk about how the movies portray their female leads. First, we're going to talk about Scott Pilgrim. 
Um, Ryan says, let's focus on the major ones through starting with knives about the characters. There's not a tremendous amount to say about knives, movie knives, knives anyways. In the book, knives actually has some really great character development. She's completely obsessed with Scott and her whole character revolves about, revolves around pleasing and struggling to keep him. Poor Knives, once she's without Scott, becomes an empty character who only exists on screen to be the doting ex-girlfriend who blindly chases after Scott regardless of her own personal well-being. Knives, like most other characters in Scott, P Scott Pilgrim, defines herself by who she's partnered with and without the male character to, gu to guide her has no self-identity. So much more to the point that she'll attempt to mimic the personality of her rival um, female mm. to Laura Scott back. Even at the very end of the movie, when she encourages Scott to go after Ramona, she still, she still only wants what's best for Scott. The pattern here is that all the female characters define themselves based on who they are with. Envy and Ramona follow suit. Envy we see more of in, the, in this... We see more of Envy in the book, which okay. is true. I love Envy. She's my favorite character. This is Christine talking, not Ryan. Um, in the movie, she dates Todd, and despite being a talented musician, still presents herself on stage as a sex symbol. Once Todd, her boyfriend, is, def is defeated, she vanishes from the movie regardless of how important the plot dictated she was to Scott. The implication is that once Scott is defeated, despite Envy and her female drummer, drummer still existing as something other than a pile of coins, the band is implied to be over and her career is done. Which is such a good point. Okay. This is Christine talking again. The way that women are treated as a whole... Women inhabit this film. There are so many women in this movie. True. But they really, like... We, up until Envy is revealed, as Envy is Scott's ex-girlfriend, who, you know, became super famous, um, she's like, you know, she's this looming figure. You know, he hasn't cut her his hair since... Since Envy, you know, broke up with him and he's been scarred since Envy did this to him and all this stuff. But then once once Todd is defeated, who is the um, obscenely handsome Brandon Routh. Brandon uh, Routh, who should only ever be on screen in small doses. Yep. In small doses, he's amazing. Amazing. All amazing. Give him the lead, i.e. Superman Returns or Dylan Dog colon Dead of Night. Not so amazing. No. Not so amazing. Um, he is so good in this. But he it's true. Once he, he also is, kind of has, well, I would, I would torn between him and Chris Evans, but he also has like some of the best parts, it, which it's, is being a vegan makes you better than everyone else. Yep. It's <laughs> yep, pretty great. Yep. And um, gelato isn't vegan. You know, it's milk and eggs, bitch. That <laughs> whole scene, yeah. that whole scene is good. And Chris Evans is amazing in it. And he is, his, he the, is. The, the first click you hear is me hanging the <laughs> That whole, that fake trailer. It didn't Eli Roth direct that? Oh, God, trailer? I don't know. That, yeah. I hadn't heard that, but it, I could see it. Um, between them two and um, Karen Culkin, they're my three favorite characters mm -hmm. in this. Um, they're really funny. Um, then Ryan goes on to say that as far as Ramona is concerned, she runs to Toronto to escape a previous boyfriend, then begins dating Scott. Um, so already she's off to a bad start. Yeah, Ramona completely is that girl who is always dating a guy mm -hmm. or girl and is, yeah, Ramona is that, like everybody knows that Ramona in their life, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, then Gideon returns, snaps his fingers, um, 
and off goes Ramona due to a thinly explained brain microchip thing. Then Scott proves his alpha male status and defeats Gideon, and she returns to his side. Plus, centered around Ramona, we have the League of Evil ex-boyfriends, who, according to Lucas Lee, wants to control the future of Ramona's love life. So here's this female character who's supposedly all strong and whatnot, but allows her love life to be dictated by a League of Evil exes. She explains this scenario to Scott pretty matter-of-factly, as though she has no say in her own love life, but it, but it has to be settled by the, the males. Um, it's shown clearly during the fight with Roxy when Ramona is simply not allowed by the... Yeah, um, she needs Scott to step in again because she can't defeat Roxy herself. Um, every character in this wonderful, delightful movie defines themselves by who they are with, but the males as a point of pr- pride that they are able to obtain the better girls and the females as the definition of their character. The only real exception to this is Kim Pine. Um, it is true, and it sucks, because it bums me out that, again, this is Christine talking, uh, <laughs> it bums me out that it, it, it is like they do are in this orbit around Scott. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a relate, like Julie is, Aubrey Plaza plays Julie, is with um, Stephen Stills, char- that character, and are, they're kind of together. So, I mean, there are other females that aren't necessarily. Right. Anna Kendrick. Yeah, who's the, just, you know, the sister. and um, Who is so, always welcome in a movie. Oh, she's her. so good. She's so good. Um, so, yeah. I, and this all makes me... If, there's, if I have any icky feelings towards Scott, it's because of these reasons. Like, I don't like that. But Knives, again, I might not like the way Knives is treated and the way he interacts with her and the way she, in turn, interacts with him. But... I was 17 once, and that seems pretty fucking accurate. Yeah, it is. Like, I've, I've known Knives's, and I've known Ramona's. I, I've been Knives, you know? And I've kind of been Ramona, but not, like, to, the, to her extent. Because she, she is, I, I think she's still age unknown. Like, you never really are revealed. I get the feeling that she's older than Scott. Hmm. Um, yeah. But, like, I've been that 17-year-old girl that maybe defines themselves by what, See, you I know. think that's the thing. I've always been, like, Anna Kendrick or Kim. Kim. I've been the girl who's like, are you an idiot? Can you just move on with your life and find someone new or find something else to do? Because that's not the most important thing. So I think that might also be, like, why I get, why, like, the actual content of the movie frustrates me. Mm-hmm. You know? But, and I think that is just a personal I have been the girl who's had to deal with the friend who was knives. Like, I've never been knives. I've been the one who's had to be like, no, he's an idiot. Get over him. He doesn't deserve you. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And so watching the movie, like, with that experience for me, it makes it, like, it's why it is such a personal preference thing of it's harder for me to watch a movie about just a a, a 20-year-old dickhead who screws over the women in his life than it would be for me to watch like a movie about the Holocaust in a way, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like just cause it, it's something I have witnessed with my friends and it's why it, it does get under my skin and really bother me. Whereas something that I'm just so removed from, you know, I watch from a very different perspective, I guess. And it's silly. I know because I'm, I end up applying this kind of real world emotional logic to a movie that's, designed to be kind of distant and more and not empty, but it's, you know, it, 
it's not about the relationships. It's about, you know, as a movie, it's, it kind of is a video game. Mm-hmm. And, but it is. It's just hard for me to let go of, but I know these people and they really piss me off. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can understand that. But, I mean, at least you, you did, I mean, you appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful movie. Oh, God, yeah. Um, it's, I, it's an amazing adaptation. Mm. Um, it's, there are some parts that are, are word for word, but then the things that clearly wouldn't work the subplots that there are no room for are just excised. It's it's good. Yeah, and I mean, nothing, as somebody who hasn't read the books, there's nothing in the movie that feels um, that it's missing or that it's like it it feels complete as a movie adaptation. Mm-hmm. Which is it, that's uh, yeah, I agree. It's good, and because when you read them, there are a lot more of certain characters and other side stories, and you're like, oh, this is interesting. But the movie wasn't lacking because of it. Right. Um, it is, it's beautiful. I love the way it looks. I think it's, it's very quick. It's paced very quickly. It's witty. I don't feel like it's flabby at all. There's nothing I would cut out or that needs to be tightened up. Um, the performances are fucking rock solid across the board. Um, the music is amazing. I own the soundtrack. It's fabulous. Um, Aubrey Plaza is great. Anna Kendrick is great. Um, Brie Larson is great. Um, Chris Evans I, is amazing. Chris Evans is hysterical. He really is. Awesome. He's so good. Just the every voice t- he uses in this movie Ugh. is so great. Every time I watch it, I'm like, Lucas, Lucas Lee is my favorite evil ex. And then they get to um, Brandon Routh, and I'm oh. like, no, he is my favorite evil ex. I, I can't pick. They're just so good. Um, That's tough. It's it's just really funny, and we didn't even talk about Gideon, who is Jason Schwartzman, who is just really, 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 really good in it as well. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And there's like I love that the opening is the Universal theme. Is it Universal theme or 20th Century Fox theme? Universal, right? Okay. The eight bit Universal yeah, the 8-bit, theme. Yeah, like it's it it's like as soon as it happens, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And it is like the the editing and the film. I love the filmmaking of this movie. I really do, and I want to just let go and just enjoy it. And I could more so this time around, and maybe like in ten years when I'm older and more removed from this period of life and age where I still have friends do it, like saying this kind of crap. Um, I could see myself enjoying this a lot more when I'm older. Oddly enough. Even though this movie is so aimed, I think, at our generation. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's about youngins. But it's also very much, you know, we just talked about the wizard and the video game influence. And, yeah, like, you feel it. Like, when he first kills the first evil axe and the guy turns into coins. Like, that's something that, yeah. you know, our generation are all going to smile and kind of be like, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, it's impossible not to. Um, so, yeah. But at the same time, I do think once I can let go of the that kind of standard traditional but I don't like anyone in this movie thing Mm -hmm. I think I will enjoy it a lot more all right fair enough I I mean I haven't heard your grade yet but at least you don't despise it I have to give it a grade because that's really hard yeah you will have to um are you ready to grade it because I can I can quote with you, we can quote. Um, Why don't you keep quoting while I think of a grade? Um, 
Well, I really like the, um, I, I like If Your Life Had a Face, I Would Punch It. Um, I like It's a Long Story Filled with Size. Uh, Ramona says that. Um, the line, the Chris Evans line in the phone booth, the first click you're, you'll hear is me hanging up. The second click is me pulling the trigger. I think that's what he says. It's <laughs> yes. fucking ridiculous. Oh, God, the trailer is so great. Um, when Wallace says, um, oh, shit, what is it about? about <laughs> crap. About his, um, his hetero, his hetero man crush or whatever he calls him. I can't remember the exact line, but that's my favorite when Wallace goes and stalks Lucas Lee on set because that, that he is me. Oh, yeah. He is me. <laughs> and I, I love that so much. Um, I just love all of it. The, the vegan police is hysterical because it's really, it's Tom Jane. really, yep. Tom Jane is really on point. The vegan police. I, cause I know people like that. It's really funny. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I mean, the line being a vegan makes you better than everyone. Yep. So it's so funny oh and then that whole my actually my real real favorite line i hope vish listens to this because it's i know vish loves it too is when um brandon routh says tell it to the cleaning lady on monday (laughs) (laughs) scott's like scott's like what's on what because she has the weekend off (laughs) tell the cleaning lady she cleans up the dust yeah um i love that that is great um that's amazing so funny um god he punched a hole in the moon for me is funny just there's like everything is funny and that is one thing that i think overall like if i could say one thing that changed for me on second viewing even despite the ending that i still wish i'd had the other ending on um i did like and was amused by ramona much more this go around Mm -hmm. the first time i was just so annoyed by this, you know, oh, she here's the pretty weird girl who just dates everyone and blah, blah, blah. And this time around, like, I found all of her kind of flashbacks to, like, you know, oh, we were the goth kids. We hated everybody. Like, yeah. all of that stuff was much more amusing to me this time around. Mm-hmm. And it made Ramona, like, a little more of a person instead of just very much a thing, the way I mm-hmm. felt the first time I watched it. Um, but I just still... But the thing, the thing is, and if I'm not to get too like, well, that's the point, but like Scott, I mean, in the book, the progression's a little bit slower, like there's more time elapsed, obviously. Um, but in the movie, like Scott doesn't even know who she is. And he's like, it's the idea of her. He loves the idea of her immediately. And I understand that because like yeah, she's presented as a thing, so right. for you to view her as a thing isn't necessarily shocking. Oh, and it, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But the problem is when the movie ends with him walking away in the sunset with her, it just makes it really empty. Yeah. Which would be okay if it didn't... Like, you can have that. You can have a... Vi- I'm trying to compare it to some other movie that I can compare it to, and I can't think of anything to draw a good comparison to, of, like, it's less a movie than it is, like, pop art, kind of, Mm -hmm. where it's less about, you know, the kind of our character arc and story you end up walking away with than it is about just kind of enjoying the visuals and enjoying the humor and then kind of walking away being like, that was great. That was something I, you know, cause it is, this is unlike any movie I've ever really seen. I could, I could definitely say it for it. And I think you can enjoy it on that level, but I don't know if that's the way you were supposed to enjoy it. I think had it ended with him walking away with knives, then at least you get an actual, like 
And I'm not saying it makes his character deeper by going for knives versus Ramon. Mm-hmm. But it, but it ch- definitely changes the Yeah, it changes journey. the arc and the journey. And it has him make a decision that he would not have made at the beginning of the movie. Whereas if he goes out with Ramona in the end, it's nothing. He hasn't learned anything. Mm-hmm. He's got self-respect to do what? To do exactly what he would have done two days ago before he had to fight seven evil exes. So I think the more, yeah, the more, I'm, the more I'm talking it out, I really think the ending makes such a difference. And I, you know, it's kind of fascinating to me that you had never even thought of it as ending with him and Ramona together. I guess I would have had to have seen that once I mean, in, well, in the, the theater. The first time you saw it in the theater, was it like a, um, a festival screening or you saw it like you I saw it. I went and sat in the theater, yeah. Because I think, I mean, the first time that should have been the ending is Ramona. Yeah, and I guess so. Maybe I forgot. Maybe I forgot. I mean, I've seen it since then. I've seen it way more times. Right. And every time um, you've seen it, you've seen it with an eyes ending. Yeah. So there's this awesome thing. I found awesome fake posters for um, all the Lucas Lee action movies. Um, and I'm going to post it up in the forums. <laughs> right. or, or the Facebook page. Same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That The Facebook page. Um, like... <laughs> there's one there's, I'm sorry I'm laughing so hard there's, there's one called um, um, let's hope there's a heaven and the tagline is kiss me I'm dying what is this for? we just um, got no room connected yeah it's for Lucas Lee his action movies oh, the, movies. the, um, the fake, the fake yeah. movie posters for him so I'm gonna go put those in the forum right now yeah. whatever like a group whatever we call those I love them. So I want you to rate it. Okay. Um, quality of film. Mm-hmm. God, it's a hard one. I'm not good at rating movies. I don't like. That. I know I'm not good at rating movies either. You cannot if you want. No, no, that feels wrong. I don't like to give up on anything. I got. I survived AP Physics even when I was getting 33s on the tests. I can survive this, Ms. Makebeats. Okay, sorry. Um, sorry I gave you an out. Okay. Oh, quality of film. Because, all right, just purely quality of film. Qu- quality of film, yes. That's what we're... When we say quality of film. I don't know. That's what we're saying. Um, I'll just go 7.75. Okay, that's solid. And, yeah, because the filmmaking is so good, and the performances are really good, and it's visually interesting, and it has a great script. It's just that there is the the feeling it leaves me with at the ending, it accomplishes nothing, and that bothers me. Okay. Okay. Quality of film? I did quality of film. What's your quality? I'm I'm telling you what mine is. It's 9.5. Damn, girlfriend. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. You one of my got a good grade. Um, nine point five is my quality of film. I, I, there are like six other movies I would give it that high. <laughs> so, now, what do you think you would have given it uh, if it ended with him and Ramona together? I don't know. Probably nine. <laughs> um, I think it's. I think I would give. I would give Shaun of the Dead a nine point five. I I would give Hot Fuzz a nine. I, need I think to it's watch Hot Fuzz. I think Hot Fuzz is a smidge on the long a smidge on the long side. 
But I didn't love it when I saw it, but I've only seen it one time in It grows on you. That's what I get the feeling it does. So good. Um, do you need, should I qualify my 9.5? Like, it's just, yes, I think sure. it's, I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's mm-hmm. almost perfect. This is like, maybe you, I could, you could argue me down to a nine on quality of film. I'm not arguing. But, no, I'm just saying like somebody could hypothetically argue me down to a nine point, a nine instead of a 9.5. Um, I just think it's absolutely successful in every possible way. I think it's just, there's not one thing it could have done differently or better, or it's just so, it's a fucking fantastic Mm. movie. I just love it. That's all. So what do you give it for the other one? Quality of life, uh, made by film. Okay, now here I'm just going to split it. Because let's say, let's do the version that I have watched now twice, mm-hmm. which ends with Scott and Ramona walking off together in the sunset. Quality of life improved upon by film. On one hand, this movie gives me things I have never seen before done on film in a way that is very innovative and very different and very energetic. On the other hand, it leaves me feeling empty and kind of angry and annoyed. So quality of life based on the Ramona ending would probably be a Seven point two five. Okay. Just because I, I mean, again, I can't take anything away from the filmmaking of this movie, but the fact is, with the ending I have seen, it really does leave me in the state that I have explained. And I know that there are other people who do agree with me out there. I know that you're out there. Reach for me. Reach for me. No, I know. I'm not. It's it's a personal preference, man. It's opinion. Um, had he ended up with knives, I would probably be like quality of life by this film 8.75 or something okay um i'm gonna change my my quality of film to nine. Oh god no i'm not arguing no 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 no, no. i argued myself down i did it's it's okay 9.25 whatever no it's like nine whatever um my quality of life do we really need to say it's a 10 it's this is the perfect movie for me it is for me. It is. It is ecstasy on a disc. It's amazing. Yeah, I I want it to be for me. It could have been. It had the potential to be. It's it is a bit of yeah. I am there. not yet able to get by the block of the movie not having what I feel is a solution. I guess mm-hmm. it comes down to it for me. All right, that's fine. Okay. We're okay. We're okay. We're fine. No, that went really well. I agree. I agree. All right. So, I need to stretch after that. I know. Woof. Tense. I thought, um, we, were gonna, I thought we were gonna break up. I know. It, was, it got a little, a little, a little tricky there for a while. <laughs> it was kind of like I found out that like we both kissed someone else. Like we didn't, we didn't sleep with somebody else. No, we didn't. We wouldn't do that. Kind of, you know, we might have like had a moment with someone else, and now yeah. we're like, but we're, 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 we're by it. It's okay. Yeah, we'll get through it. Or it's like, um, you know, on on Pretty Little Liars, like where maybe, you know, we find out that maybe you were working for Jenna and giving her information. But, you know, but really you did care for me, you know? I did. I, I couldn't. She strong-armed me into yeah. it. If way, you, how is Jenna's hair always perfect when she's Perfect. Blonde? I don't know. Come Ridiculous. On. Yeah. Ridiculous. Blonde. Blind. I cannot wait for you to get to the end of season two. Ooh, okay. I got a lot of work to do, but I'll, I'll do it. Uh, all right. So do you have a Netflix instant pick? Oh, go first. 
Please. Okay. I just have to, I know things just changed. I have to make sure it's still on. Okay, understood. Um, so my Netflix pick will be a movie that came up in discussion on a Facebook group thread. I think it was on the GGTMC thread. Um, a movie, uh, NOTLP reviewed this as like a straight to video uh, pick. And then I think um, several people watched it, including like Erica and Fozzie were both like, no, it's really good. You should watch it. And the setup just didn't sound that interesting because the setup was like a woman moves into an apartment and there's an old phone there that keeps ringing and there is a cast on it. So good. The caller. I loved it. It was so good. I think I told you to watch it. You might have been another one of those people that was like, no, it's good. You should watch it. That might be, that might have been one of my Netflix instant recommends. No, because I watched it, I reviewed it like last year. Oh, really? Maybe you recommended it to me. Oh, shit. I didn't recommend it as a instant pick, did I? I don't think I did. I watched it and I fucking loved the shit out of it. it. Yeah, it's a really good modern little thriller. The girl from who got fired from Twilight who has amazing hair um, is just this, you know, this girl who's like dealing with an abusive relationship and she moves into this apartment and there's a phone there. And the phone rings and she's like, oh, hey. And the woman's like, Is that from Va- Vampire Bill's in it, right? Vampire Bill's in it. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, and Luis Guzman is in it. Oh. And Okay, people, I have to tell you, there is a dog in this movie. And uh, uh, last week, um, Kate on her Facebook wall shared a really important link. Um, and the link was like, doesthedogdie.com, I think. And it's all about what it is. It's a database of movies, and it tells you if the dog die, if the pet, if the animal, rather, if there is animal death in the movie. Which is a good thing to have in Which, case you're not yeah, in the movie. because if you're some people like, and, and sometimes you're watching a movie, and with the caller... I will say the one negative of this movie, I was so distracted because the whole time, like she has this beautiful golden retriever and the whole movie, like this stuff's going down and you're kind of get really worried about like, Oh God, the dog's not going to die. Is it like, it would be really easy to kill the dog and make a statement in this movie. And I was so tense about it that like, it did take something away. Cause I was really tense about that and not about other things in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to assure everybody out there that there is no violence to the dog. Good. Yeah, I think that's smart to say. Yeah. But it, I'm glad you liked it. I really yeah. liked it. It's good. Like, the... Because it's... The lead, like, character is interesting and has, like, a, a different backstory than what you would normally have in this movie. The romance is, like, is good and you, you care about these characters. And the kind of mystery builds really well and really creepy. And it was so much better than it really had any right to be. And I highly recommend anybody who just, like, wants to watch something modern and, and like, a new movie. Because, you know, you get in those moves where you're like, I just want to watch something where people are on cell phones or whatever you're in the mood for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, this is one of those movies that's really good. And I look forward to seeing what the director does next. Oh, oh I'm glad you liked it. That's yeah. a, Yes, I recommend that. Recommend. Wonderful. All right, so mine, it is still on Instant, which is good, um, is Kill List, which oh, is... Oh, damn, it's, on, it's been on my queue forever, and now it's on my Instant queue. So, because I recommend, I screamed about it when I saw it, probably back in, like, January or something, um, and how fucking amazing it is, and I saw it popped up on Instant, and I'm like, I need to watch it again immediately. So, if you haven't watched it, just please watch it. I, I think I gave it five stars on Netflix. I hate a five out of five rating like I hate that rating system but like I just wanted to scream how much I loved it and I just saw that Down Terrace um, Ben Wheatley's other movie Mm -hmm. is on there too Um, so I will be looking at that I know that he has a new movie out in the theater like being released now Sightseers 
Yeah. That's yeah. Right. I don't know much about it, to be honest with you. Right. So, yeah, I just everybody watch that movie, man. It's so good. I might watch it again right now. Yeah, I should I should watch it because I've heard great. Is it a movie? Um, let me ask you because I do a lot of my movie watching um, uh, commuting. Personally, I wouldn't. Okay. Because yeah. just because I wouldn't br- I would try not to break it up that in is my pieces question. because the tension is something that's very important. It's 95 minutes though. Netflix okay, is telling so me. It's ve- it's very tight. It's a very tight movie. Yeah, I just it's a movie then that I do have to time out i would i think it would only benefit you to do that no fine with me i just like to know these things so i appreciate that all right all right so (laughs) our next episode Uh is we are doing a crossover Uh Uh, a crossover with a fine podcast also uh helmed by two people and that podcast is the great married with clickers Yay. yay which is Scott and Kat. Um, they are married with remote controls, presumably. Um, and Not to them, just with to, them. That will, it's Canada, so maybe. Oh, um, maybe. You never know. There. Who knows? Oh, wait, how do we record with Canada? That's going to be tough. Oh, man, there's going to be teleportation involved. I don't know. We'll Oof, work on that. Please. Um, but we, if, first of all, if you have not checked them out, please do, because they are a wonderful podcast. Um, they do, they just finished up for May. They do Armageddon where they do all disaster films. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some great fun reviews there. I know last year what they did during summer, they do cruel summer where they do kind of the kind of movies I love, which is usually like really shitty movies. Yeah. Um, and I believe they're doing that again. So the pairing we are doing and we, we we're not sure yet if we're just going to do one big episode with them and release it on both their feeds or if we're going to do half and half, but we'll keep you updated regardless. So we are going to saddle up, if you will. Oh, God. Pawn. Uh-huh. For a couple of uh, Old West or New West movies. So we'll be covering, uh, ni- I think it's two movies from the early 90s, which is a yeah, great thing. Um, one of which would be The Cowboy Way. Sorry. Uh-huh. I believe that's Kiefer Sutherland and Woody Harrelson. Am I right about that? I don't know. Maybe. I think. Um <laughs> I'm sure it's great. I've never it's, seen it. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. And the other movie would be Young Guns. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's not. It's the girl version of Young Guns, i.e. Bad Girls. Yeah, Woody Harrelson and Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. You're right. And that's 94. 94. Bad Girls yeah. is like the same time, I think. Because Bad Girls is a couple years out of Young Guns. 94. 94. Wow. So it is the, it is the season of 1994 coming up in yep. two weeks. So Bad Girls was the cowgirl western with um, Drew Barrymore, Madeline Stowe, Mary Stuart Masterson, yep. and Andy McDowell. I'm in it for Mary Stuart Masterson. I'm in it for girl western early and, 90s movies. And didn't you say that this was on Instant Watch? A Bad Girls is on Instant Watch, folks. So play along. Play along at home. So we will um, be with that in a few weeks. I'm excited. Um, and just, uh, you'll probably hear me mention it again, but I will be on an upcoming episode of the GGTMC. <gasps> Um, talking about Django Unchained. Does that mean that means I have to see it, doesn't it? Yes. I haven't seen it. Um, so listen to that if you want me to talk about homosexual undertones when no one else is probably talking about them and maybe make everyone feel uncomfortable with my opinions. I.e. if you want it to be another Friday. (laughs) Yeah, I have to get used to talking to people that aren't you. (laughs) When I say like... (laughs) wasn't that character totally gay? And you're like, yes! And then we agree. I have like, to... Don't you remember that Lawnator SVU episode they were on? It was awesome. And they were a pedophile, and yes, that must be that why. And then so we... Good. Oh, and then what about Ezra? It's going to be oh tough. Oh, my God. It's 
It's really hard to not talk about Pretty Little Liars. So I'm by, the way, to... by the way, um, Scott and Kat also watch Pretty Little Liars, so we're going to oh, talk about that. Oh, fucking amazing. I really That's have to awesome. try to watch season two by the time we record that. Yes, I recommend you do. Okay, okay. I have one episode left in season one, so. I, how are you waiting? I used to watch those, like, back to back to back. It was bad. I I get through, yeah. Because I started reading, the same thing you did. I was reading books for some reason. Ugh. If, if right now, if somebody was like, Christine, Pretty Little Liars season three, you can watch it, I would, I would burn all my books. I would burn them and I would go watch it. <laughs> you would burn them and then accidentally blind a girl with great hair. And then I would have to do her bidding because I felt guilty. And listeners, been sleeping with her before then. I don't know how many people actually listen to this. Maybe six of you. But I implore all six of you to please watch Rainbow Liars and then come talk to me about it. I can't, I still can't explain what it is about the show that makes it so watchable. That's so good. Like, it's just, they are the masters of every scene ends with, I want to see what happens in the next scene. Exactly. I've, I've not watched... And this is not comparing quality, but I've not watched things in such rapid succession since Lost. Like, that was the last time I was, like, late right. for work because I had to, I just had to see what happened to Juliet next. Right. But now I'm like, what's going on with Spencer? Oh next did episode. They, did they plant something in Spencer's house? I don't know. Even though it's four in the morning. Next episode. Well, who's your favorite, by the way? Um, probably Spencer or the one um, that's named... Um, the, the blonde one whose name in real life is Amber. Yeah. I feel like Hannah's the best actress of the four. Yeah, she's my, she's my favorite. Her and Spencer are my favorite. Yeah, I actually too. just don't like, um, what's her face? Emily the, or Aria? No, I like Emily. It's Aria. I can't, I can't think of their, their show names. I can only think right. of their real names. Oh, I don't apparently Ar- I say Aria just like, like from Game of Thrones and not Aria, like Pretty Little Liars, but to me, everybody is, should be Aria. So, Hmm. Yeah. Um, everybody watch it. Right. Oh, and buy Paracinema. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Paracinema includes no articles about Pretty Little Liars. I, if I had something to say about that, it would be changing. Maybe next issue. Ooh. Yeah. That's it. I'll shut up now. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm rambling. Oh, please. We're rambling about the same thing that we shouldn't be rambling about. That's, that's okay. Um, so, watch The Caller and watch Kill List and listen to Married with Clickers. And go to our Facebook page by searching for The Feminine Critique on Facebook. Uh-huh. And tweet us at Feminine Podcast. And yeah. And email us, if you so desire, at thefemininecritique the at, at yahoo.com. You got it. Yeah. So we'll be back in a few weeks with uh, some cowgirl and boy classics-ish. Woo-hoo. So classics-ish. Maybe. Well, All right. So... On that note, folks, we uh, bid you all adieu, and um, uh, adieu. Bye.